the children to bed. It's time for Dan and Aldo to bear their souls. I love the Chicago Bears more than I do masturbating, and that is a lot. Then, with three seconds left, Bob Avellini throws a 30-something yard touchdown pass to Greg Latta, and the Bears win, and I literally shit my pants. I swear to God, I literally did. <laughs> Eric Kramer, for me, I love the guy. He's a tragic figure. I mean, he embodies all that is. If they don't run the ball here, I'm going to vomit. I swear to God. I don't mean any disrespect, he just didn't play that well. Not for a guy of his caliber. You know, they won, but I'm, I'm going to be miserable all week because they stunk. I don't, I don't really have any recollection of that at all, but I guess perhaps I blacked it all out. So Dan, tape is the ultimate tool for scouts and for coaches to evaluate players, to detect plays and so forth. And they spend hours looking at tape, right? Why do they so often get shit wrong? I love the efficiency of bourbon. Ladies and gentlemen, Dan and Aldo. Love that music. Welcome everyone to Bear There's Those. My name is Aldo Gandia. Dan Aguirre is running about five minutes late. He uh, told me that he ate some... <laughs> he says, I don't want to sound racist or anything. You know how Dan is. But I ate some Asian food and I've had the water shits for the last seven hours. <laughs> so uh, Dan's running a little late. Hopefully he'll be nice and clean when he gets in. And... Uh, this is hilarious. Today on the Greg Gabriel Show, I mentioned to Greg at the top of the show that I had a uh, a zit, a blemish that popped, and I was bleeding all over the place. I must have lost like a pint of blood today. I'm not. I am not kidding, man. It was coming out all over the qu- place. And Cliff says, "Big question tonight: Will Aldo be wearing a bandaid?" I did for about an hour to try to get it to stop. But PZ is right. I am wearing makeup tonight. <laughs> you can see my wife put the makeup over it. And, uh, you know, it's it's not as big a blemish as it appears there. But uh, she didn't want to uh, remove the scab. So what a way to start the show <laughs> talking about scabs and blemishes and blood <laughs> and, and water shits. <laughs> That's bare their souls for you. What a day also for us Chicago Bears fans. You know, I, 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 of course, listened to the press conferences and found some clips for us to play tonight. And I'm getting all psyched up because, hey, you know, we may not get the decisions from Ryan Poles that we personally want, but this is a great time to be a Chicago Bears fan. I mean, it is a great time. Time. We could get this major haul by trading Ryan uh, uh, Justin Fields, or we can draft the best quarterback in the draft, which everyone who whoever it is 
probably Caleb Williams, according to most, and reset the quarterback salary, which would then allow us to get a major haul in terms of free agents for the next four to five years. So either way, we're getting a haul. <laughs> as long as Ryan Poles doesn't mess it up with the wrong players, I think that uh, will be in fine shape. This is a really good time to be a Chicago Bears fan. We're operating from a, a position of strength, and we have to acknowledge that, and we have to appreciate that as opposed to everybody puffing their chests out on social media and saying, fuck you, you're wrong about Justin Fields, or fuck you, you're wrong about Caleb Williams, or just plain Fuck you. <laughs> so there's a lot of that going around, as uh, uh, Shane Marceau used to say on the old 100 Proof day, uh, days. But uh, it was a, a, a also somewhat revealing press conference, particularly from Ryan Poles at the Combine today. He shared some things that led some people to believe Justin Fields is gone, but other people to believe wow, this guy is a master of playing his cards and he's saying things to raise the price up for that number one overall pick. Personally, I don't know what he's doing. <laughs> but I, Greg Gabriel says, I really, really think he, what he's doing is a masterful job. So I'll go with Greg on this one. I don't always agree with Greg, but uh, I'll go with him on this one, that this is a uh, – a, a moment in time where perhaps the Bears general manager is doing a, a, a better job than the previous GMs we've seen in our lifetime. Uh, so this will be interesting. I just want to let people know uh, that besides uh, Dan joining us any minute now, Johnny Santucci will be here in about an hour to present his Bears state of affairs. And in between that, we've got a special guest, guest from Barrett Sports Media. Barrett's, if you're not following them on social media or visit their website, they really do a great job if you're into following sports media. They do a great job of talking about local radio stations, national shows, TV shows, anything related to sports media. And I wanted uh, 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 David here, uh, and, and I wish I would actually book them for another night so we could spend some more time talking about the news of the day. But he's going to be on for about 20 minutes. And the big thing that I want to learn from him is where are we going with NFL broadcast? Because I am afraid that the next big TV contract, which will be up in four to five years, uh, he, he'll probably correct me on that. Uh, is going to involve a lot of streaming of games. We already had one game streaming, uh, NFL playoff game streaming. We've got the Thursday night games streaming. You know, when are we going to see uh, us having to pay thirty nine ninety nine dollars like we do for a, a boxing or MMA fight? When are we going to have to pay that kind of money to watch a Super Bowl? It's probably a long-term time away, and Roger Goodell did say, that uh, while he's commissioner, that day will never come. But come on, if the money is there, if the owners learn that, you know, Amazon or Peacock or whoever the hell wants to pay, you know, a trillion dollars for the rights to, for the Super Bowl, I don't care what Roger Goodell says. They're going to, we're going to be uh, having to pay some streaming fees to see the Super Bowl plus uh, still have to watch the commercials. So that's the, the really irritating thing. Hey, Jordan. Uh, by the way, Jordan is going to be a guest on uh, Draft on Tap 
this Thursday. We're moving the show from Wednesday to Thursday. Danny's daughter is going to be performing at the United Center during the Chicago Bulls halftime show, and she's part of a, a dance group, so he's going to go see his daughter, and then we'll reconvene here on Thursday night for Draft on Tap and Jordan Silvera and uh, – my my link doesn't work. You know why? I think I sent you the wrong link. <laughs> That's a message from from my man uh, Dan Aguirre. So let me send them the right one. And uh, let's see, where are you there, Dan Aguirre? All right. And let me hit paste. Boom. He should be here any second. So uh, going to be a good draft on tap with Jordan and Dan. Uh, excuse me, Jordan and Danny. And uh, we'll talk about a lot of prospects. Should be very, very interesting. NFL Combine is going on now. We're not going to talk too much about the Combine today other than what was said. Um, so there is, there he is. Oh, hey, thank God. Dan, how are you, brother? I have shit like eight times today. But other than that, <laughs> I did a bunch of fucking. I had a nice. bunch of diarrhea. <laughs> I've been Jeff Daniels and Dumb and Dumbering it all night. I had a Chinese buffet and it, it's just been killing me. But <laughs> the only thing killing me worse is this Justin Fields. Are we trading him? Maybe tomorrow we'll fight. We're going to do it right. What does all this mean, Aldo? I was just telling the audience, I don't know what the fuck we're going to do. You know, what Ryan Paul said today was kind of cryptic, would lead somebody to believe that we're trading Justin Fields. But also, as Greg Gabriel said, I think he's doing a master job of manipulating the media and other teams into driving that draft pick up. So we will soon see. Uh, did you get a sense of uh, anything that he said that might sway you to believe a certain thing is happening? It felt like it was a trade, but then, like you said, you mentioned Greg. I looked at uh, one of his tweets when he was talking about, I think the Bears will trade Fields and the first pick. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Thanks, Tooch. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah, so, I mean, wow, could they, like, they trade both and then draft, like, Drake May or whatever? I, I don't know. I just, yeah. I have no idea what to expect, but like Justin said on the St. Brown Brothers thing, it's just like, I just want to know at this point. Just, it's agony. <laughs> Maybe that's All why I'm shitting. <laughs> that's the stress, right? <laughs> but yeah. I also started the show by saying this really is a great time to be a Bears fan because we've got all this intrigue going on because we really can't go wrong. If Fields comes back, you and I will get our wish. And if uh, Caleb Williams is drafted, we've got a hot, young, potentially great quarterback, and we're going to get a haul one way or another. If we draft Caleb Williams, we'll get a haul of free agents, or if we uh, trade the number one pick and feels it's the quarterback, then we're going to get a haul of draft picks and maybe another DJ Moore type player. So this really is a time for us Bears fans to be grateful. Somebody's blowing you up. That's you. Oh, <laughs> is it really? Yes, I was blowing up the toilet, not you. Blowing up the toilet. <laughs> uh, we got a uh, we're in a tornado watch here in uh, in Chicago area and in my suburb. Oh, Holy no. shit. <laughs> that reminds me. Remember in eighteen when the Bears started using the air siren? Yeah, it only lasted like was. two games because we lost <laughs> thanks to Cody Parkey. But <laughs> that's right. But uh, if it continues to rain, then we might have to. Uh, <laughs> Dan, Dan, you'll take over the show. You and, and Tucha take it over the show. Oh, that—that's that, me and Tucha's love song there. 
<laughs> that was the Titanic song. My house did, be drowning in, in water. <laughs> did you see? I know we were talking bears, but Sasha Baron Cohen. I think it was Bruno. Did you ever see Bruno? Yeah, excellent movie. At the like, end of it, where he, there he's like in a cage fight somewhere in the south, and the two mm -hmm. fighters start kissing, and they're playing that Titanic song, and people are like, <laughs> "You fucking!" Well, you know they're saying obscenities or uh, slurs against homosexuals, but throwing in chairs into the ring and stuff. Uh huh. Oh, yeah. that was so funny. Oh gosh, that was uh, really funny. He's made what uh, four or five movies, and in, in the the that one and the one with the Ali G character. Did you uh, see the one on Showtime where it, the season ended with him talking to OJ? Oh yeah, that's where right. he was acting, he, he was supposedly getting his dick sucked by a woman there, and he's like, "Come on, Juice, just tell me, I, you know you killed your wife. I, it's okay, I'd have killed her too." <laughs> <laughs> he's really something else. OJ's on Twitter. I don't know why he doesn't join us. Yeah, hey, OJ, if you're watching on Twitter, come and join us on the show. We'll talk uh, about your brilliant uh, football career and how you escaped justice. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> uh, um, hey, I want to uh, squeeze in a quick clip here because I got a few of them. and so I'd love to now, hear them. Now, now the speculation is, is that this deal with the Bears moving Justin Fields to Atlanta, his hometown, is – practically a done deal. And the reason why is the new Atlanta Falcons head coach, Raheem Morris, told Jonathan Jones of CBS Sports the following. You want to go get the best fit for your people. You want to go get the best fit for your coaches. You want to go get the best fit for our city. And you want to do all those things. Like, it, it there's nothing ruled out. And I, you know, I forgot to mention city. I forgot to mention trade, yeah. you know, because all of those things come into play, you know. And, like, I know I'm all over the place with you right now. No. And it's good because we've really – been tedious we've really been uh going through the process of how we're going to acquire the best fit for us and i know you're going to jump all over this best fit for the city thing i can see the excitement well i mean you said it face you said it because i, said it, I mean help me understand why, why is that important that is certainly important you know we're talking about our fan base we're talking about um the people that we're involved with everything that we do you're talking about the people that's really important to us we're talking about the support that we got to gain from those guys in the fan base. When we lean on them, we're going to work in the community. All of those things are extremely important to us, as and, and, and it just fits right into our Falcons ethos that's really important to what we want to do and how we want to go about our business. You know how that's going to play out, best fit for the city, right? You know, like... People are going to read into those words, whatever, yep. however they do those things, and you can't stop that. Yep. You know, obviously, there's people that are from Atlanta. There's people that are from around Atlanta. Um, you can name the mileage of how close some of the people are, but, you know, you got to do what's best and what's right for your team at the right time. And we won't rule out anything until we got to make those decisions at that date. He wants Justin Fields. So do he I. wants him. <laughs> yeah, you know like, what Raheem Morris looks like to me? Who? Who? Uh, he looks like his dad could have been like Bill Duke on Predator. Oh, could be the great Bill Duke. When he's, he's like, I see you. I see you. <laughs> Looks very similar. Uh, what did you think about what he had to say? It was basically saying, you know, we're talking to Chicago about uh, Justin. Did you get that impression? He, at the very least, I mean, he knew what he was doing there. Bringing up like he knew that that was going to bring up fields. I mean, why else would you do that? Unless you're trying to fire up your, your fan base to say, yeah, we're going to get Justin. Exactly. And so I got to believe that his GM is like having a little talk with him and saying, you can't do that. You're driving the price up. This is going to be harder for me to make this happen. 
So it was very bizarre that he went there. And uh, good job by Jonathan Jones uh, to get him to open up. That guy, Jonathan Jones, I'd love to get him on the show. He's, I think, a rising star over at CBS Sports. I'm going to be heartbroken if he's traded, man, for real. But to counteract that, Peter King, have you brought this up yet? Uh, No, I have not. Peter King wrote his final article. You know, he did Monday Morning Quarterback forever, and he's – He's retiring, but his last thing he intimated, he said that the word that he was getting was that Justin Fields would remain in Chicago and the Bears were going to trade the pick. Right. And that's actually, from Peter King. I actually have Peter King talking about this. I think it was with Rich Eisen. We'll see in a second here. I didn't get a chance to to tighten this up, so it's two minutes long. Nothing. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. Dan, Dan Patrick. And Patrick asked him, who are you sources on, on this? Who have you talked to? Nothing. Nothing. Absolutely you, nothing. You didn't speak to anybody. I spoke to nobody. I haven't talked to anybody. Like Dan, a year ago at this time, I'm I'm just I just read. I read what's out there. A year ago at this time, I sat in a room for 45 minutes with Ryan Poles, right be, at the scouting combine at the Hyatt in Indianapolis. The, his next appointment was Scott Fitterer, the general manager of the Carolina Panthers. And that's what, this is what Ryan Poles is going to do this week. And I just believe, I just believe, I, if I am Ryan Poles, you know what I have on my team? I have a B quarterback with about 10 significant holes. I probably in the next two drafts could take the first pick in this draft and turn it into, along with my other picks, a total of maybe eight picks in the top two rounds in the next two drafts. I could do that. Why wouldn't you do that? Why wouldn't you build a great team around a B quarterback instead of drafting a quarterback who might be an A quarterback, but... It's the hardest thing to project in all of sports. What quarterback when you when you that you draft is going to be great? Look at the misses over the years. So in my opinion, if your locker room loves Justin Fields, if you know that you can surround Justin Fields with a supporting cast the way Brett Veach and Andy Reid have surrounded Patrick Mahomes, with a supporting cast, to me, it's not a very difficult decision. But I don't know what they're going to do, Dan. I put that in basically because you just keep hearing things about this. And I just believe that the smartest thing for them is to trade the pick. What do you think there, Dan Aguirre? Hey, I want to say hi to the other Dan. Uh, we need to do a show again, you bastard. No, I'm just uh, I miss you. And Heidi, I miss you as well. I'm glad you all are, are with us. And yeah, man, like I, Peter King's got more credibility than I will ever have. But it sounds like those are things that you and I have been saying. Mm-hmm. Maybe not articulated the same way, but the gist of it, it's where we're like, man, we could really make a run this year if you get those other picks and you keep Justin. And But, you know, so many people... Just don't like fields, man, but I, I think it's the way to go. I truly do. Well, I'm going to squeeze in this next clip here because uh, we're sort of on the subject. I understand the Justin Fields hate, uh, uh, or in, in some cases, the 
disapproval of Justin Fields' performance. There was a play this year that I will bring up to my dying days that showed my frustration with Justin Fields. I've actually done this a couple of times. But in, in this one, this was him not fucking, he knew the play, he knew what he had to do, but he didn't accomplish it. Can I guess before you go to it? Please. Minnesota, when he gets hurt. Or the first yes. play of the game where there the line go. where the line shifts and he's supposed to go right and, and he gets sacked. Oh, that's, yeah, okay. That's the one. Here it is. Uh, this is uh, Eberflus and Getze talking about that play. Yeah, and you're going to see Wanham shoot from the edge right here. And this is something Justin Fields has to know. Yeah, so they were in uh, they were six man up, right? They were they're all across, right? We were in empty formation. And, uh, you know, we, we did the right thing in terms of, you know, sending the line one way. Uh, you know, Rip lives the line, so we sent it to the right. Uh, let the outside go for, guy go free, and the ball is supposed to be you know delivered right there to. Uh, it's an outside in read, so it's KB to DJ. Um, so we just got to uh, you know float away from the pressure, right, and deliver the pass. And Justin did a great job. He checked the protection. He just didn't react the right way. When you make the protection and you know you have a guy free, he's got to he's got to drift right and throw it, and and he didn't do that. But he did he did the hard part. He recognized the defense that they had never shown us. Um, he handled it with the right protection adjustment. He just didn't, you know, handle the f- the, the next part of it right. If, if he had slid right in with KB and, and DJ out there, yeah, it, yeah, and he, you could see he's looking that way. He just did. He needs to drift and just let it go, you know. And then he didn't do that. He was looking that way. He calls the play. He knows everybody's going to block to the right and that there's going to be an open man going. But he hesitates, doesn't throw, and then he looks for another receiver not realizing or not remembering that he called a blocking scheme that was going to let one of the blitzers come in and crush him. Yeah. All you had to do was take a couple of steps, and if you didn't think the guy was open, throw it at his fucking feet. Jesus, that frustrated me. This is three years as an NFL quarterback. You and I have talked about this, Dan. As much as we love him, those kind of mistakes really are daggers to the heart. When I saw that, Again, I didn't know the formation that was going or anything, but I was watching it with Justin, who was on the, not Justin Fields, but Justin, who was on the air with us a while back. Right. And I was like, oh, no, empty backfield. As soon as I saw it, I said, oh, no, empty backfield. He always fails in the empty backfield. Something bad happens. He gets sacked every time there's an empty backfield. And sure enough, within like two seconds, boom. And yeah, I mean, I didn't know that it was his fault watching it live. But that, yeah, like especially after you're listening to the explanation, I don't know what he's thinking there. I have no idea. It's like he forgot. Like, it's early in the game. He's not 100% focused. He made the right correction, and then, but he forgot that, yeah, there's an unblocked guy coming my way. It's like, come on, man. Uh, a question here. Osama says, how much can Fields actually improve in his fourth year? Going the rookie way is the logical choice. Also, uh, CW is a better natural passer. We'll answer that, Osama, a little uh, later. But first, our guest has arrived. His name is Dave Green. He is from Barrett Sports Media. And there he is there. Dave, how are you, my friend? Hey, how's it going? It's going really, really well. Thank you for being here. My co-host, Dan Aguirre, is calling in from West Virginia. That's his beautiful picture there. Uh, You're in the middle, and I'm the (laughs) ugly guy on the far end here. (laughs) Three beautiful faces for radio, right? There you go. (laughs) Well said. Um, Dave, I wanted to have you here because, uh, first of all, 
Dan and I are are big fans of following sports media. And, you know, Dan flew when he flew in from Chicago. He brought DVDs of past Super Bowls, and we spent the whole day watching different Super Bowls. And we talked about Pat Summerall, and, and, and you know, and so bottom line is, boy, things have changed, and they're going to continue to change. So, Dave, I was hoping that you can give us fans connoisseurs, uh, consumers of sports media, particularly from the NFL. And can you give us a clue as to what's going to happen? Are we going to be paying $50 to watch a Super Bowl game on streaming on uh, Amazon? What's going on? Help us. Yeah, it's, you know, in some some cases, it's tough to it's tough to decipher because, of course, there could be things invented between now and the end of some of the television contracts that come up that we don't even know about that 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 we wouldn't know to talk about, you know, right now. Obviously, what we saw this past year with uh, the the special uh, streaming only game uh, that took place with Peacock and a $40 million increase for that same game coming up next year uh, with, with Amazon doing it, you're going to see more of that. I, I don't think there's any doubt that there will be more games that are carved out like that game was a year ago. Uh, some some really smart people said recently they think within a year we'll see another either wild card or playoff game that will be the same. It will be exclusively streamed either in a deal with their current partner or with another partner. You know, the one thing the NFL has obviously always been very smart about is, you know, nobody gets their package exclusively. So, you know, in parceling out, uh, the pieces they're they're able to have so much competition, uh, and and it's gold, right? It, that's the you know I, I'm sure you guys probably saw the number. I know a lot of people did, but 93 out of 100 shows in 2023, in terms of the top rated, had to do with the National Football League. So Amazing. you know it, it's just it, it's something that as a network you almost have to have a piece of and now when you bring the streamers into it uh there's just there's so much demand i think we will see more and more things become pulled out of deals meaning you get this deal thanksgiving day right could be something that they eventually say look you don't get that anymore in this whole package we're going to do thanksgiving day a different way and and it's going to go to a streamer, different networks, however they decide to do it. But, you know, I think we're going to see a lot of that over the course of the of the next several years while the NFL tries to figure out what is the best way for them to continue uh, to make just ridiculous amounts of money on a product that has gone so far ahead of the other sports when it comes to broadcasting. It was quite ingenious to have that game on Peacock because they were going to have it on NBC anyway, in theory, and of course that's their streaming partner. So you're you're kicking back money to them now because people are subscribing to Peacock that ordinarily perhaps wouldn't. So maybe you do the same thing with CBS coming up because they're with Paramount. I guess Fox doesn't have anybody right now with partnered with their for streaming, right? Correct. Not not yet. Uh, but again, we know that you know things are happening and you know, more things are, are going to develop here over the next uh, 
who knows, pr probably not that long of time where, you know, we, we will see if this, uh, you know, uh, group of three coming together uh, to form a streaming platform, if that happens, uh, if it happens, how is it rolled out? What does it, you know, what does it include? Uh, what does it include of properties that, you know, all three of those companies uh, have right now? Um, it, you know, so it, there's a lot that is still very much undecided, but you're absolutely right in the sense that, it, you know, it, 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 it brought in all numbers seem to indicate or all reports, I should say, seem to indicate that Peacock did very well, not just the fact that 23 million people viewed it, but how many people kept their Peacock subscription um, and, and, and obviously that was another main goal of theirs. So it'll be different this year because it'll be Amazon and a lot more people have Amazon, of course, because of, of what else prime comes with. Mm -hmm. Um, we got to get those deliveries, you know, of our toothbrush today, not tomorrow we or can. the flashlight. Yeah, the flashlight. <laughs> we cannot possibly wait two or three days for that. We need it tomorrow. So we exactly. already pay for Amazon Prime and get it. So there's a lot more people available. Uh, and again, I just think you'll continue to see more things uh, pulled out of agreements and sold in 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 as a special broadcast that could potentially become a, a streaming-only product. Let me get one more in, Aldo. I'm sorry. Of course, get as many in as you want. No, no. All right, so Dave, sir, one the uh, I was surprised by how much I didn't complain about YouTube's coverage of Sunday Ticket this this year because I was afraid it would be buffering and none of that seemed to happen. Do you think that at any point, or is this is just wishful thinking? Other sports, for example, will have like, oh, well, if I only want the Cubs, fuck, I'll get the Cubs. You think that they'll ever do that to where I can just pay for the Bears and not have to, to spend 400 bucks and the rest of everything else? Yes and no. I, I think you may be able to get that kind of coverage, but I think you'll pay handsomely for it if that if that were the case because you're, you're cutting out, obviously, uh, some layers that, that would also make money uh, in the process, you know, the way it's currently set up. So you know they they're not they want the user experience of course to be phenomenal and they want to be able to serve the customers as best they can but that's fifth on the list to numbers 1 through 4 which are make more money make more money make more money make more money so you know they're they're obviously never going to do anything that that is going to hurt themselves in the in the revenue category mm. Um, now, the ratings for the Super Bowl were astronomical. I saw a tweet from NFL Media. A custom survey was done by the NFL and Nielsen that revealed Super, this last Super Bowl or reached an estimated 210 million viewers, a 4% increase from Nielsen rating service. And, and a, a number of those were from uh, uh, the other avenues that the game was delivered so they aggregated it and came up to, with 210 million dollars now a big reason for the increase of course as barrett sports media your place put out it had a lot to do with uh, taylor swift the most popular pop singer in the world 
but it also has to do with availability on different formats. As we know, young people are cutting the cord. They're not watching broadcast TV, so they'll go to some other device to watch a big Super Bowl game because that's what everybody in America is talking about. So let me see it here. So my question to you is, because of the success of the Super Bowl, it, could that potentially expedite how things are going to be streamed in the NFL and even other sports? You mean more from the standpoint that the that there will be more streaming uh, that you you would have you would have to access to watch a game. But yes, I, I mean, I the answer is yes. I think now that the NFL has done it and they didn't get destroyed, uh, there were some people. You know, if you recall, right the week before that game uh, when everyone really realized what was what was really happening, that it was really not going to be uh, offered to you unless you had Peacock, unless you lived in, in one of those markets. Uh, when people realized that, there were some people, you know, high-profile media people who were projecting disaster, I think was a word I heard, you know, many times. But that didn't happen. And, and, and of course, your other... Uh, your other sports are going to look at that and say, okay, here's something that we need to think about. You know, baseball's got some big decisions to make. ESPN and, and Major League Baseball have a long-term contract that has an out in it in 2025 uh, for both sides. So most likely someone's opting out of that deal more so because they just want different things in it because when you negotiated that deal a few years ago, there weren't some of these issues of uh, streaming and and potentially pulling out a game uh, like like we saw in in the in the NFL. So I, I absolutely believe that you will see this in other sports. It will continue, um, and it it will eventually be made easier. You know, I think a lot of us believe we're we're really inventing cable television all over again, except through streaming, where somebody is going to have the package where you can put it on and you can flip through different stations just like you would do now in in cable i think that's most likely to happen yeah interesting um the other thing is that roger goodell said at i think the state of the nfl press conference is that as long as he's commissioner super bowl will not be a pay-per-view event but i got a feeling and uh, if they haven't thought about this, they can have this idea for free as long as they don't come after me when I use their highlights on our show here, <laughs> um, is that, you know, you could put the Super Bowl, continue to have the main broadcast Super Bowl, but then for streaming, you have pop stars announcing the game or just like they do now with the Nickelodeon and that's their way to appeal to to kids and so forth. They You can broadcast away in so many different uh, uh, with so many different approaches that will appeal to vir virtually any demographic out there. You like that idea, Dave? I don't not like it, but I'm not the network paying, you know, the, <laughs> the right. amount of money to, to carry the game. So, you know, if it's their partners, right, just like, again, if Nickelodeon does it because CBS is on it and it's all a Paramount product, so who cares? I, th I think you'll see, you know, certainly a lot of that. But 
I like the idea of the alternate broadcast. You know, mm-hmm. I'm someone who enjoys, for example, football. I'd like to see the all 22 of any football game that I'm watching, right? I would, I would enjoy that experience. If I'm at a basketball game, I like to sit way up high and see plays develop, right? I, so I, I just like to watch things maybe a little differently, but you know, it, it's, it, to have the alternate options, I think is the other thing that we will start to see. And of course, digitally, it's, it's a lot easier to do those types of things. So that's where I think they're going to have the advantage. You mentioned YouTube earlier and how they did uh, with, with Sunday Ticket, right? So now we're hearing this year the experience is going to be different for being able to pull up multiple games at once. And instead of only the ones that YouTube has picked for you, uh, you're going to be able to pick the games that you watch. I believe it's up to four. So they're already doing things using the technology to improve it. And of course, we know that will just continue to happen. I got Dan, uh, go, go ahead. ahead, Dan. No, I was just going to say, go ahead, Dan. I was going to take it a different direction and get you all's reactions uh, to okay. see because we referenced the Super Bowl. Uh, there was an article in Awful Announcing uh, like a week ago. Apparently, I mean, I, I've never been the biggest Romo fan. But apparently there's a large contingency of people that are saying since he signed his new deal that he's just like not trying and that the, the, there's there's the, some momentum saying that they're going to pull him and put him in the studio next season and go after Greg Olson. A, I was going to get you all's reactions to that, but B, is Romo really that bad now? But I mean, I didn't watch the game and think, oh, he's really annoying the shit out of me. I, I, I'd rather listen to him than Troy Aikman. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, everybody, of course, has, you know, has their favorites. And, you know, I was I was listening to John Smoltz do an interview this morning. And, you know, he said, look, you can't win when you're the national broadcaster, right? Everybody thinks that you're against their team and that you're rooting too hard for the other team. Um, so, you know, I think that's something that they that they all face. I don't think Romo has been nearly as bad as, as some people have portrayed it with that said i thought the end of the game it was awful um you know you'd let that breathe uh mm-hmm. and and uh, you know i think a lot of people have have pointed that out and and you know he does some goofy things um in in a broadcast and he says jim way too many times and you know there's a few few things there but you know it seems like he and nance have a good relationship so i mm-hmm. i would just i would be surprised if they did something, although the best thing, of course, that they have is that Greg Olson did as good of a job as he has done. So if they were to do something, they know they have someone if they're able to lock him up, because I think there's going to be other options uh, for him as well. Um, but, you know, again, it's everyone's taste. I look at Olson and every time he's on camera and all I can think about is a Saturday night live character <laughs> That's right. when he's there. So it's just, you know, that for me, it's a, it's a, like a mental thing. He could be saying anything, but if he's on camera, I'm just like, Oh man, that looks like something mighty day. <laughs> it seems so obvious to me. And I know they're not going to do it, but it seems so obvious that Fox's easy fix for this is to just put Brady and Olsen uh, in a three man booth. And just keep them both, you know. I mean, but I guess Brady's already said that's not going to happen. He's the analyst, and fuck Greg Olson. So yeah, I, that's a lot of money to put into into one booth, 
you know, so that that's one thing you have to you have to consider. But you know, they do a lot of games. I mean, they you know they should be able to, uh, you know, be able to keep them both. I, I'm 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 just very interested to see what happens in the with with Tom Brady uh, and how the public reacts to. Tom Brady. I don't know if, if you guys have been watching uh, the Apple TV documentary, which is it, it's great. I'm I'm from St. Louis. I I hate the New England Patriots. Right, right. Uh, with a passion, uh, but the documentary is really well done. And you 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 know Tom Brady is pretty good in that. You know, so it, it it'll be interesting to see. You know what? Again, not only is he good. Uh, right off the bat, seems like he's working hard and asking, you know, the right people the right questions from everything you you hear and read. But the other side of it is, you know, will the public, knowing that there's a lot of anti-Tom Brady out there, will the public just destroy him, you know, week one, week two, and and it's just a beating from then on because I can mm-hmm. see either one happening. Dave, can you, uh, you know, uh, Dan and I were big lovers of Monday Night Football with the three-man crew and Cosell and Meredith and uh, it was Keith Jackson first and then uh, and then uh, uh, Frank, Frank Gilbert. Gilbert. Thank you. Um, you think that will ever come back? Well, will you see the networks embrace the three-person crew? I think I, I, I would see no reason that they that they would never come back to it. Again, I think it's a money issue, probably more than anything. Um, you know, some of these guys now are, are you know, the, the amount of money you're paying Joe and Troy, who I think are terrific, others don't. They need to do the game, you know, the, the two of them. Um, now, of course, you know, at some point, Joe's not going to want to do it anymore. And, you know, they'll have to bring somebody else in. Is that a case where you bring someone in, uh, for a three-person booth for a, a year or two and then transition, you know, I could see that certainly happening. But again, I, I think the deal is more, you know, the financial side. Um, there's so many broadcasters. You know, the the one thing you do see, you know, even on the, uh, an Amazon Thursday night game, you know, there's a lot of people on their payroll as football analysts uh, yep. You know the the shows they can't build desks any larger. Uh, <laughs> that's you know, right. Well, pre-game shows they got people <laughs> everywhere. So and that's going to be another thing to watch. By the way, is is to see what happens if CBS makes any changes uh, on mm-hmm. their pre-game show because there there's some contracts that are up with uh, with Boomer and Phil and and Bill Cower. So that could be another thing that changes for next yeah, year. Yeah, that's what I was intimating about earlier. There were people suggesting that Romo is going to be thrown into uh, the booth the same way they did Phil Sims when they decided to pull the trigger on him and not have him do the games anymore. I got a qu- I'm sorry to interrupt. Uh, I got a question here from Cliff before we let you go, Dave, to see what Cliff's got. Dave, what are NFL plans to expand outside the USA? Now, I- I'm assuming that he's talking about you know, franchises outside the USA. Do you know anything about that you can share? You know, not anything that, that, that hasn't been out there, but again, I go back to, you know, they, they've done uh, and and certain teams have really embraced uh, like the Kansas city chiefs uh, have embraced these international games and the opportunity to get their teams out in front of these other markets it used to be the teams did not want to do that. They they would think about the negatives, 
uh, of the travel, the, dis the disruption, uh, taking away a home game in certain cases, right? All of those things that go into it. Um, but again, it, I think it ties right back into the topic we started with. I think you'll see things pulled out as special broadcasts, right? The, the, the international series, as somebody mentioned this past week, um, could be something that gets rolled into a package. And you don't get the international game just because you're Fox and it's an NFC team. Those games are pulled out. They're up for bid. Who knows if they end up on 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 one of the networks or if it ends up being a streaming property. So that could certainly be one of them. But I think the NFL is looking to grow always. And so while I have never really understood the idea of international uh, expansion because I just don't see how it works from a travel standpoint, at the same time, I'm of the opinion that because of gambling, and because of the fact that if there's more games, there's mm -hmm. more games to bet on, that the NFL is going to look for a lot of ways to grow and, and maybe have more games in not the, the too distant future. I think there's obviously some spots in, in the United States uh, that, they, that they would go to, but, you know, it, it could very easily happen in – you know, certain cases where it's close to travel. Um, and then, you know, some people have said down the road, could there be a division that is played in Europe so that they're traveling, you know, w between themselves most of the time and, and then come over for, for certain parts and the same thing for people going overseas from the United States. But again, my answer to the question is, I think the NFL will look for any opportunity to grow mostly because of the money that can then come in through broadcasting and through gambling. Dave, you said you're from St. Louis. Uh, you lost your Rams. So I don't know who you follow now, but we are all bears fans here. So I've got to ask the question, what's going to happen with my guy, Justin Fields. <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness. I, you know, I listen to a lot of sports radio uh, and, and, you know, certainly, see what the main topics are uh, in, in Chicago, you know, boy, it just seems to me uh, like it would be tough for them to come back uh, and, and that be their, their plan. Um, it, it just, it, it seems like if, if, if he was going to be the guy, there would be a lot more pumping him up because his confidence obviously cannot be, uh, cannot be very high. It's it, 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 it's going to be, you know, it adds a lot of intrigue uh, to a, a thing that has become incredibly important uh, in the draft uh, and, and, and the storylines of, of the NFL as it relates to, you know, the coverage. We see, obviously, the coverage of the combine uh, and how some people get, you know, crazy into it. But, boy, I just think it would be hard for them to stick with what has not worked. Go ahead, Dan. Tell him how, how much he's wrong. <laughs> well, I sent you that screenshot earlier. If you wanted to juxtapose, juxtapose Lamar Jackson versus Justin Fields, which again, Lamar, oh, yeah. someone's accepted as a great quarterback at this point, right? That's right. This was on the uh, ESPN show, get up. And, and so it, 
it's of course cherry picking some stats here, but when you compare them to the last two of the games with Lamar Jackson, there there are some impressive stats here, including you know the uh, rushing yards, of course, rushing touchdowns. You got to account for that with Justin Fields, and his completion percentage isn't too far off. Yards per attempt, uh, is a, there's a one yard difference. It, it's not too bad. The feeling among uh, Dave, the feeling among. Uh, Dan, myself, and probably half of the Bears uh, fandom is that Justin is improving, and we're seeing signs of improvement. And so, why not take the big haul of draft picks and 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 really build around them an incredible infrastructure? And if you get n- more draft picks next year, and this doesn't work with Justin, you could probably put together a package to move up higher in the draft, or you might get lucky and get the number one pick again, uh, like they have now two years in a row, uh, and, and pick another quarterback. It's it's like we're giving up maybe a year too soon on Justin. What are your thoughts on that? You know, obviously there's recent examples uh, in the National Football League of people trying to give up on 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 folks and, you know, some that have uh, have come back. Uh, obviously your, your, your situation with, uh, you know, Detroit and LA and, and swapping, uh, swapping quarterbacks and Baker Mayfield, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm certainly a believer in the fact that, you know, it, it, I, I don't think Justin is by any means, uh, as, as I don't want to say bad, but mm-hmm. as you know, the, the negativity towards him, um, it, it feels to me like there's other issues, right? There's other things that could be focused on in addition to his play, uh, because you're only as good as the people around you. Um, you know, I'm, I'm a big believer in, you know, let's talk about the offensive line before we get to anything else, because, uh, it has to be rock solid or you're going to get your quarterback pressured and your quarterback can't do as much, uh, if that quarterback is spending most of their time running away, you know, from people. So it takes a lot. It takes in, in, in this day and age, you know, you, you have to have all of the pieces. Um, he takes a beating, uh, from, you know, from my perspective for, you know, mistakes made by probably a lot of different people. Indeed. Dave, before we, uh, you go, please, uh, let people where they can follow your work. Tell us a little bit about, Barrett Sports Media, the stage is yours. Appreciate it. No, uh, if folks are interested in what is happening uh, in in the broadcasting business, and that's uh, sports radio, that's sports television, uh, and all of the digital content that's out there in the in the world of sports, uh, BarrettSportsMedia.com, two R's, two T's. Uh, we put out uh, a lot of information every day. There's two newsletters. Uh, that come out each day, one at eight o'clock in the morning, one at four o'clock in the afternoon, that just give you the headlines of what's happening in the world of of broadcasting and keeping up in with stories uh, in media. So BarrettSportsMedia.com, and uh, we also have BarrettNewsMedia.com if you're interested uh, in the news side of things as well. And again, radio, television, and digital content. So appreciate you guys having me on, and uh, uh, we. We are at your service if you want to talk uh, media and broadcasting anytime. We, we, we we're going to bug you again, uh, Dave. And by the way, uh, you probably don't know this, but Dan Aguirre is a five-time winner 
of the what is it west virginia broadcaster I've won like seven times honestly but oh, I won- gosh. no that's just best sports on fm radio here in my state but i've also won in virginia as well not to talk on my own dick huh? but yeah <laughs> if you want to do a profile and tank just contact no me. <laughs> i'm not worthy of that i'm i'm in a small pond and that's okay <laughs> uh, you like it Dave. well thank you guys for having me on thank you dave very much we'll talk to you soon Bye-bye. take care that is dave green from barrett sports media uh they run a nice website there they 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 cover a lot of the radio markets and so they have uh polls every year on the top 10 you know big city radio sports shows uh, medium size small markets and uh both uh the P- Parkins and Spiegel show and the Waddle and Sylvie show are in the top 10 radio shows for big markets what do you think of that Dan Aguirre yeah I can see that you know I, lo- I love Tom Waddle. Uh, Sylvie, I, you know, I'm so glad he got healthy and overcome the cancer and everything. And there's mm-hmm. moments where I find him annoying, but there's, you know, I respect him. Absolutely. And I don't really listen to the Spiegel show that much, but they're, they're, I'd rather listen to them than that fucking Bernstein, you know. <laughs> I love it. Uh, let's get back to Osama's question. How, Aldo, how much can Fields actually improve in year four? I don't think you got a, a, an opportunity to answer that. Well, I would say to uh, this gentleman, again, I, I've said this ad nauseum, but Justin was only 24, and he's going to keep getting better and better from my perspective. You know, it is year four, he'll be, he'll be 25, and, he's, and we have seen him play a little bit <laughs> – in his three seasons with the Bears against NFL competition, whether he's excelled or not. But we we don't know anything about Caleb Williams. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, we haven't seen him against the pros. So it's always a foregone conclusion that he's some huge upgrade. You never know if a great college player translates to the pros. So to me, I think it's a safer bet to stay with Justin because we have seen him presume, presumably at his worst and with room to grow. We mm-hmm. don't know what we're getting with Caleb. This, this could be Johnny Menzel. This could exactly. be Ryan Leaf. Yes, <laughs> great point. And we all, uh, two weeks ago, I think it was, uh, Merahash made news over the internet with his critical comments about Caleb Williams. So he was uh, recently on a show, uh, on the Colin Coward show, and he echoed those, but he was a little bit more specific. He was concerned with Caleb Williams' pocket presence. And so from a pocket presence perspective, he is not special. Now, his accuracy against elite. He's as elusive as Barry Sanders in some scenarios, more than Patrick Mahomes. That doesn't make him better than Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, That's also a gift, but that might be the thing that hinders him more than anything is him learning to manage that yeah. and only go to it later. Now, I don't expect him to do this right off the bat. That's going to be a development thing. And I, and listen, you, those things I think you can't coach. I don't think there's any doubt you can coach those, develop those, but then that relies on good coaching and the kid. The kid has to be in that. And then the mental toughness that he's going to have to have in this scenario, because what are the Bears? If, if the Bears get him, which I expect them to do, what is everybody going to say? We made up for our mistake. We got our Patrick Mahomes. We're not a playoff team. He's going to start right away. And that right there, those scenarios are completely different than what Patrick Mahomes experienced. Right. And those are arduous hurdles to overcome. Yeah. I take umbrage with Merrill Hodge 
showing his Pittsburgh Steeler helmet and him in the Steelers uniform. This man played four games or so with the Chicago Bears in 1994. <laughs> That's right. Before suing teams. the team. Before suing the team, by the way. <laughs> That's right. Why not show Merrill in his Bears gear since he's talking Bears football? That's right. He had two Steelers helmets and not an inkling whatsoever that he ever spent any time in Chicago. Well, well, we need a, we need Merrill Hodge there hugging Wani in 94. <laughs> That's right. Or or at least his medical report from in his lawsuit with the Chicago Bears. I don't know. Or maybe Tim Worley was still there too, another former Steeler who was a bear for a little bit there. Yeah. See, but that I I think he brings up a good point. You know, given that Caleb and Justin are very similar quarterbacks, we have there's a, a really big chance that we would be basically starting the Justin Fields experiment from step one all over again. He, this guy is a playground quarterback. He, you know, he, he's not proven as a pocket passer. You know, C.J. Stroud had success in his rookie year with the Houston Texans, Texans because he immediately took to that timing passing game that the Texans had installed for him. It worked brilliantly for him because he's a true pocket passer. But uh, Justin couldn't do it under under Luke Getze, and so now you're going to bring in another guy and another offensive coordinator and try to get him to do what uh, uh, Justin couldn't do and Patrick was not asked to do? That, to me, just doesn't make any sense, but you will see. Ah, oh, man, another comment about – Caleb Williams is from, we were talking about Howard Cosell, Greg Cosell. There's a lot of work uh, with ESPN and other places, I think the 33rd team. And he reviewed Caleb recently. This is what he has to say. He's obviously a very good prospect, but I know there are many that you and I would respect that see him as the best quarterback prospect in years and years and years. And I'm not sure I would go that far in my mind based on my tape study. Um, you know, as I said, I think he's a very good prospect. But, you know, he's also been sacked a ton. Um, he's fumbled a ton. You know, I think those are two things that would be concerning. Now, obviously, you have to look at every single sack. You have to look at every time he fumbles. You have to look at each individual play, which, if you're thinking about drafting him, I would expect that a team would be doing that. Yeah, yeah you have to try to understand why those things happen. That Those things are numbers on a page. And I've always sort of railed against the idea that numbers on a page tell you a story. But it is a high number, so you'd want to understand why by watching the tape. Um, there are some who believe, and uh, you probably have had these conversations through the years, there are some who believe that if a quarterback gets sacked a lot in college, um, and, and once you watch the tape, if you feel that he's a significant reason for that, that that's not going to change. Now, again, no knock on Caleb Williams. You know, I've done my work on him. As I said, I think he's a very good prospect. But... You know, I think that I think that he's a guy that requires hard, hard study and hard due diligence. Does he remind you at all of Howard Cosell? Is he his related? Dad? Yeah, that's his son. Oh, I didn't know. I know. I did. I obviously didn't know. No, yeah. I don't know. Like, I, the voice, the accent's not the same. Yeah, it's not uh, at all. You can hear that little annoying pissant who was fired from Notre Dame, Jack Collinsworth. When you when you listen to Jack Collinsworth, you can hear Chris. Yes. I think. Oh can, my gosh! Yeah. yeah, I cannot hear uh, Howard there. But the substance of what he was saying seemed to be 
uh, there, the things you're concerned about, like the fumbling and the sacks. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, I just, I don't, my thesis with this gentleman, and I'm going to buy his jersey fairly quickly, even though I spent $315 today getting my cat's teeth cleaned. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Holy I, uh, shit. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Just the fucking teeth cleaning, man. Like, God. How, how many how many cats was this? It wasn't just one. No, it was just Nixon. Oh, wow. His last vet visit, they said he had some, like, some buildup. Yeah, he just, yeah. He, he's giving <laughs> us the V now. You know, he was unhappy earlier. But my point is, though, I'm going to buy this kid's jersey if he's drafted and, and be rooting for him. But I just don't know why it's a foregone conclusion that he's going to be great. And I hope he is if we get him. But I don't know why everyone just assumes that he's going to be better than Justin. I just don't understand that that thinking. Like, there's no way to quantify that until he becomes a player in the league. Chubbs is an asshole. <laughs> it says it costs. It would cost one in house, but makes him to sleep. Ah. <laughs> what a terrible human being you are, Chubbs. <laughs> Sounds like something Stephen Me would say. <laughs> he probably but- would. Yeah, but you I like I, Justin I, Fields. I hate you and your pets now. <laughs> That's right. I hate you and Nixon. <laughs> oh, Lord. Uh, by the way, uh, did I load this? Oh, darn. Yeah, I did. So we, we've got all this. I thought I did. Damn it. I'll lo- load it during Bear State of Affairs. Um, we've got a, 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 a lot of people disagreeing on the whole Caleb versus Justin. And I think it's healthy. It's just, unfortunately, people take it over the top. So I'm trying to find something that I uh, I put in regard that was favorable for Justin Fields, and I can't find it. But here is uh, Ryan Pose talking to Stacey Dales of NFL Network. She did a really nice job of sequencing these questions, the uh, two questions a minute long. Your, your biggest takeaways from him this past season? Yeah, I think. Meaning, uh, biggest takeaways from Justin Fields this past season. Your your biggest takeaways from him this past season. Yeah, I think he grew. What I, I really like about how he grew this year was I feel like the game slowed down for him. Um, not only was he able to be dynamic with his legs, um, he was starting to approach the line of scrimmage with his eyes up and, and finding explosives down the field, um, which makes it really difficult to, to handle Justin. Uh, love his connection that he's had with DJ um, and Cole. Um, the growth there has been outstanding. Obviously, he throws a beautiful deep ball. We saw those explosives throughout the year. Yeah. Um, in terms of this group of quarterbacks coming in, yeah. What's your assessment? Yeah, um, a dynamic group, all different flavors in this draft. Um, there's guys that you know have all the talent and tools in the world, um, and it's up to us as a scouting staff to kind of see do they have enough and what's what, what's the internal part, what's the the drive that they have, the leadership, because um, that that's really really important when you look at the history of, of quarterbacks. So um, it's a good group. So that's again, it makes a very unique situation. Something so. <laughs> it sounds like he's going to keep Justin, and then he starts talking about the prospects coming in. It sounds like Justin is out the door. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. Day by day, you're like, ah, I feel like he's gone. And then Peter King, oh, well, I've got hope again. And then, well, no, tomorrow, the Falcons thing with their code, you're like, ah, oh, he's gone. He's gone. It just, it's uh-huh. back and forth. Now, the good news today, and I know that Tooch is going to cover this on his spare state of affairs, so I'll just tee it up for him. And Tooch, let me know when you're ready to rock and roll. Uh, the Jalen Johnson 
negotiations appear to be going very well, and it could be a, a week or so, maybe less than a week before the announcement is made that Jalen Johnson has signed a big contract. I got a feeling that, that what they're uh, hammering out is just to guarantee dollars. I mean, you could sign for $200 million, but if only $10 million is guaranteed, that doesn't mean shit. So I, I bet that's what they're negotiating here. But it, 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 he sounded very, very positive about that. In fact, do I have him talking about that? No, I don't. But um, um so I'm happy to hear that. If this team comes back with Jalen Johnson, Tyreek Stevenson, Kyler Gordon as their three starting cornerbacks, holy shit, all we need is a safety. All we need is a safety for this defensive backfield, you know, and good health for it to be one of the best in football, wouldn't you say? I do. And I know Eddie's got a lot of partisans out there uh, that seem to think that was a bad transaction. I, I, I feel like it was time for him to go. And, uh, yeah, so if you can get someone that can consistently stay healthy and make plays back there, it makes it a formidable secondary, to say the least. Again, if everyone stays healthy. Yeah, uh, uh, JoJo Loco, weather girl, weather girl. (laughs) It's raining men. He wants to hear it's raining men by the weather girls? (laughs) Yeah, you're on mute. I will ask you this. Do you know any Weather Girl songs other than It's Raining Men? I do not. I don't either. Can you hear me okay? I can now. Okay. Uh, no, I, I. in fact, I don't even know that band. That's the girl. It's Raining Men. Hallelujah. That's the Weather Girls. Oh, okay. That's why he said Weather Girl. Weather Girl's like, oh, he's a fan of the Weather Girls. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it was a joke. <laughs> I'm a radio guy. Whatever. <laughs> um. I don't know. I I I feel like uh, this team's defense is already near top ten, if not top ten. You make a couple of acquisitions, free agent, and in the draft, this will be a top five defense easily. Now you give Justin Fields another weapon, like a Marvin Harrison or a Roma 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 Dunze or Malik or, and a center. And then you also, another offensive weapon, then you also protect him and improve this line, not only only at the center position, but just get depth in case these these two guards who always seem to be missing from games, you can put somebody in there as opposed to that guy with the mullet. (laughs) I think he's gone. Dan Dan something. Yeah, I'm glad he's gone. Um, So... Yeah, I mean, I think this team is close, and you can get there by not trading. You can get there faster by not trading Justin Fields. Anybody that believes that Caleb Williams is going to come in in his first year and going to play to the level of uh, C.J. Stroud that he did last year, I think you're going to be really disappointed by, by that. Yeah, don't forget the kid in Carolina. It's like... You know, for every C.J. Stroud, you've got the guy in Carolina. I can never remember his name. But uh, Bryce Young. Yeah, you. for every guy that hits it out of the park like Stroud, you've got Bryce Young. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it's just like it's – there's no way to project who's really going to be good and bad. They just – you have to wait till they get in the league. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think George hits it on the nail here. It was McMahon with that great defense and all the weapons that he had, Walter Payton, Willie Gall, Dennis McKinnon. I, I disagree. 
Really? Jim, Jim, I mean, you saw how he was slinging a rock at BYU, man. He, if he was at the team that threw the ball, like mm-hmm. Jim would have been, uh, could have been a prolific passer. I mean, uh, like to me, Jim was a good passer. He just was I, on a team that ran Walter, ran Walter, ran Walter. Here's Suey. Oh, okay. Now throw the ball. I mean, a lot, especially early on, he mm-hmm. wasn't really allowed to throw the ball that much until like 85. No, I agree with you that he unfortunately uh, had Mike Ditka's play calling and offense, and it didn't allow him to, you know, give him an opportunity to put up BYU type numbers. Uh, now, whether he would have or not, I don't know for sure. Uh, but uh, I mean, even Steve Young says McMahon taught him how to throw the ball. Mm-hmm. That's, That's right. a fucking Hall of Famer. Again, I think Young was a little bit overrated. He had great players around him, and he didn't do shit in Tampa. I'm just saying, but. I think Jim, if he was healthy, if Charles Martin doesn't, you know, take him down in '86, and if he's with the a passing team, he could have he could have been really really good in the pros too. He was good. Fuck, he won he won 28 straight starts. He won the fucking Super Bowl, man. Come on, sure, sure, fucking did. All right, we got a man by the name of John Santucci. He's a very handsome. Oh, look at that! I was saying he's a very handsome man, and he was making. He this- colored his beard. Yeah. My wife, you did? I, could, I could tell. Yeah, I got a song for that too. What what song is that? It goes like a good day go. Tooch dyes his hair. <laughs> Hank Manning, you're not. I really fell. <laughs> I really fell flat there. <laughs> sort of did. <laughs> and my wife doesn't want to be married to some old geezer. Oh, so she has you uh, touching it up, huh? Oh, she loves doing my hair. Yeah, my beard, all that stuff. Did you hear that, uh, Matt Eberflus? Did you hear that Matt Eberflus's wife had uh, did his uh, his new look, beard and stuff, and his clothing? Yeah, she's responsible for that. I'd say great minds think alike, but you know. (laughs) Before you get into it, I'll I'll tell you something that was a little disconcerting to me. Okay. Christmas Eve, or not Christmas Eve, New Year's Eve. I won't say her name. I did a lady, you know, did some good things, and I looked down. She had a landing strip, and she was like forty-seven. Mm-hmm. And part of her landing strip was going gray. And I thought, oh, I was like, that's such a turnoff to me. I don't know why. Like, even if they had gray in their head, like, come on, man, your pussy hair has got to be dark. <laughs> Who am I with here? Like, one of the golden girls? <laughs> okay, just go bald, then shave it bald. Like the, shave it bald. Uh, that lady, the old lady from X, that movie, the horror movie, X. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah, good yeah. oh my God. That is a good film. Um, all right, uh, Tooch, it is now your turn to turn on our followers with another one of your classic Bears State of Affairs. All right, Bears State of Affairs. Yeah, there's not much going on. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) What's happening, Barflies? Yeah, it's Decision Gate. Yeah, we're in the middle of it, man. It it overshadows and overpowers everything. It's all permeating. Decision Gate. What the hell are we going to do with the quarterback position? Yeah, well, there's always something going on with the Chicago Bears. Yep, we're smack dab in the middle of Decision Gate. From Stadium Gate to Decision Gate, fans have plenty of news to keep themselves occupied. Yeah, Decision Gate overshadows everything. It gives fans 
Bears fans worry pimples like Aldo and Tooch. We got <laughs> Aldo, Aldo and I both got pimples from Decision Gate. Is that herpes? <laughs> These are sympathy pimples. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Decision Gate even overshadows the NFL scouting combine where Chicago Bears general manager Ryan Poles returns to Indianapolis holding the number one overall pick for the second straight year is strutting into town. Yeah, what's he going to do? Trade down. Trade Justin Fields. Keep that number one pick and draft a quarterback. Who knows? Yeah, the debate rages on, but maybe not for too much longer. The yeah, Bears could have a decision regarding their quarterback situation as soon as this week at the 2024 NFL Combine. At last year's NFL scouting combine, Ryan Poles was such a focus of attention that he had to change hotels in order to avoid the crush of inquiries about the number one overall pick in the draft. Yeah, this week, Poles might also need to add a wig and dark glasses. He once again holds the number one overall pick via trade last year with the Panthers. This year, the consensus top pick, USC's Caleb Williams, is regarded as a generational talent. So offers should be at a premium. But during last year's combine, Poles and Scott Fitterer, then the Panthers GM, laid the groundwork for a blockbuster trade that took place one week after the combine. Chicago sent the top pick to Carolina for a package that included wide receiver DJ Moore and the Panthers' top pick this year. Fitterer, as you know, chose Bryce Young, who struggled as the Panthers went 3-14, and setting up the Bears for the number one pick. For all his hard work, Fitterer was shown the door after the season. <laughs> Regardless of Fitterer's story, NFL general managers are still looking to wheel and deal at the scouting combine, and they should find Ryan Poles to be a popular guy. Quote, with the first overall pick, everyone wants to talk, Poles said last March. Everyone wants to try to get an idea of what we're trying to do. Like the Bears this year, the Houston Texans had two first-round picks last year, using their own pick at number two on C.J. Stroud and trading back into the first round on the very next pick to select defensive end Will Anderson at third overall. Quote, when I knew we had the ability to trade and get Will Anderson along with C.J., it was okay, it's on, Texas coach Michael Ryans told ESPN in January. Quote, you don't always get the top guys that you want, so for us to get two top guys we wanted at two key positions, a quarterback and defensive end, that was the start. And the Texans went from a 3-13 and finish in 2022 to first place in the AFC South with a 10-17 and record in 2023. Stroud and Anderson took home offensive and defensive Rookie of the Year honors respectively and helped the Texans win their first playoff game since 2019. With two picks inside the top 10 of the 2024 NFL Draft, could the Bears pull off a draft coup similar to Houston's? Could the Bears be one of those worst-to-first teams next season? The Bears, along with the Arizona Cardinals, are one of only two teams with multiple first-round picks in this year's draft. And the Bears have not selected two players in the first round of the draft since 2003 when they drafted defensive end Michael Haynes at 14 and quarterback Rex Grossman at 22. I think the Bears have a great opportunity to get a franchise quarterback and then a game-changing wide receiver to pair him with and stay young and cheap on the offensive line, said Matt Miller. 
The NFL scout also said the Bears could handle their ninth overall pick in several different ways, including drafting a wide receiver or offensive lineman. Where the Bears decide to spend in free agency could also determine their plans for the ninth overall pick. A loaded free agent crop of pass rushers from the Minnesota Vikings' Daniil Hunter to the Panthers' Brian Burns, the Jaguars' Josh Allen, and the Jets' Bryce Huff could lead, could lead the Bears to target pass rush help next month at free agency instead of at the number nine overall pick. But before getting to that number nine pick, the Bears really have to decide what to do with quarterback Justin Fields. Recently on the St. Brown Brothers, Brothers podcast, Fields has repeated his desire to remain in Chicago, but said that he hopes to know where he'll be playing sooner rather than later. Quote, I just want it to be over, said Fields. <laughs> I know how you feel, buddy. <laughs> Fields isn't the only one who wants this process to be over. Quote, I would love to know as soon as possible, Ryan Pohl said about the quarterback deadline. It's only it's only his job, although as Ryan as Ryan Polson <laughs> head coach Matt Eberflus addressed the media today in a press conference from Indianapolis, Polls noted that the goal is to have a quarterback one in place before the start of free agency. While there's no timeline for a decision, Polls did indicate that there's a timeline goal for that decision, whatever that means. Mm. Though he did not <laughs> specify what that goal was today. Adding more fuel to the fire. Paul said there are, still, there are still 100 different scenarios for what the Bears could do with the first overall pick and the current quarterback situation. That doesn't help at all. Although, <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't help decision, Kate. All right. Also, when asked today what he's looking for in the Bears franchise quarterback, Bears head coach Matt Eberflus said today that he wants a quarterback who plays his best football in crunch time. You know, in the fourth quarter, he said it. Coach, Coach Eberflus, as a Bears fan, I would like a coach who doesn't blow fourth quarter leads. But, you know, Bears, with Bears fans, we're used to never getting what we want. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, it doesn't necessarily sound like Justin Fields, who has not been great in late game situations in his career. Eberflus said the Bears may still have Fields penciled in as their starter. When I said decision gate was big, I wasn't kidding. It's downright nationwide. In fact, one legendary NFL sports writer who's getting set to retire couldn't help but throw more gas on the decision gate fire. <laughs> he just I'm crying. <laughs> After reflecting on his legendary 44-year career in sports media, Peter King just couldn't help himself. He had to chime in on the situation. Quote, I suppose the Bears are going to trade the top pick, wrote King. I know nothing. What is he like, Sergeant Schultz? I know nothing, nothing, but that seems to be the way the wind is blowing. What I say, the Bears could keep Justin Fields and should and trade the first pick down once or twice and build the kind of supporting cast a team needs to contend. Mm -hmm. King, King made it clear that this was purely his own speculation, and it's worth noting that his prediction goes against the dominant belief among insiders that the Bears will draft USC quarterback Caleb Williams with the number nope. one overall pick and trade Justin Fields. <laughs> By trading the first pick, general manager Ryan Poles could receive a haul that puts the Bears in position to contend sooner rather than later. That notion might outweigh the hype around Williams, according to King. Though King may not know for sure, he's been connected with this current Bears regime. 
He had an exclusive interview with general manager Ryan Poles during last year's combine where it became clear the 2023 number overall pick was for sale. And clouding the waters even further, on the Hodge and Johns podcast, Adam Johns and Kevin Fishbane hosted a unique guest who had an inside look at Caleb Williams for the last couple of years. The Athletics USC columnist Antonio Morales joined the show to talk mm-hmm. about Williams and his mm-hmm. jump to the NFL. The topic of Caleb Williams' leadership was brought up, and Morales said a few things that might strike fear into all Bears fans' hearts. Caleb Williams' leadership is a massive question mark heading into the NFL and possibly with the Bears. Quote, that's a narrative where he'll have to get better as well, said Morales. Is he a natural leader, Johns asked. Quote, I think that's a big question, Morales answered. Yes, Decision Gate has Bears, fan, head, Bears fans' heads spinning, especially on X, where I will endeavor to show one post a week that shows how Decision Gate is affecting the average Bears fan. Cool. <laughs> this week, this week, some Bears fans have taken to locking their relatives in cages. Yeah. <laughs> I saw that. <laughs> <laughs> Until the Bears quarterback question is settled. <laughs> poor me, poor me, Ma. <laughs> uh, I forgot her name. What? Anyways, poor, what's her name? <laughs> <laughs> poor uh, Grandma Braggs. Uh, <laughs> will it be Justin Fields or Caleb Williams? The Bears fans are worried the team will repeat the Bears cycle. Oh, here we are. Aldo. I'm, I finally made it. Oh my gosh. There the you Bears go. Cycle too. This is the, listen, we're, we've got Bears fans have multiple cycles. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> I had a girlfriend like that. <laughs> All right. Draft, draft a first round quarterback. Fired GM and coaches after a losing season. Hire a new GM and co- head coach with no experience. And then <laughs> give up on first-round quarterback and right back to drafting a first-round quarterback all Brilliant. over again, man. Brilliant. <laughs> yep. yep. And we still have to sign Jalen Johnson, and that's Bears State of Affairs. Yeah. Game over, man. It's game over. What the fuck are we going to do now? What are we going to do? Oh, that was outstanding. Outstanding. I start getting a little teary when I'm laughing hard. <laughs> I noticed that. You had a, a tear under your left eye for a couple of minutes. I'm, uh, I get, the older I get, the more jolly I get. All the <laughs> <laughs> and less gray, according to what I'm looking at now. Uh, yeah, I'm like 10 years younger. Yeah, I'm like Dan McGuire's age now. You do look like you can get back into the porn business. There's no doubt about it. Back in there. Ready to get back on the horse. (laughs) You know, your state of affairs are are, are so good that even the two presidential candidates wanted to weigh in. Caleb Williams supporters are poisoning the blood of Bears fandom. That's what people are saying. Caleb Williams will be the Bears pick. He's going to be better than Obama. That's no joke. Bears need to protect Justin Fields. Draft an offensive line build a wall, and have Mexico pay for it. Listen, and this isn't hyperbole. Williams will be the best quarterback of all time. I mean it. Nobody knows more about football than I do, and you all know it. Keep fields. Don't fuck it around. (laughs) (laughs) That was awesome. (laughs) 
Thank you. Oh, man. That's all the politics we're going to cover tonight. <laughs> From now on, when we talk about those guys, it's going to be in the context yeah. of Chicago Bears. When I said Decision Gate was big, although it's <laughs> nationwide. Nationwide. Indeed. I wasn't kidding. I wasn't kidding, man. <laughs> Good stuff. All right. So uh, I wanted to play for you uh, – Matt Eberflus talking about the wiring of a quarterback. Yeah, the wiring of a quarterback obviously is uh, number one is leadership. You know, you have to be a great leader. You got to be resilient. Uh, you got to be able to handle criticism. You know, and then obviously the physical traits. You know, that's that's a big part of it. Um, you know, you know the accuracy, the timing, the the platform, all the things you talk about with that, and then being a winner. You know, that's what that's what it comes down to. Um, all these teams that uh, that do things at the end of the season, they they have winners at the quarterback spot. And it's interesting that, you know, both he and Poles were talking about accuracy and timing. Uh, there's no doubt about it. Caleb Williams, in my mind anyway, is a more, more accurate quarterback than Justin Fields. But in, term, time, in terms of timing, they're, you know, I, I don't think Caleb is any better than Justin is at this point in their careers. And maybe Caleb will get better. But that raises that other question that Flew said is, you know, are they going to accept coaching? Are they going to be good teammates? Are they going to be good leaders? Those are all the questions surrounding Caleb Williams right now. Um, I don't know, guys. Like you said, I can't wait for this fucking thing to be over. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I, I don't envy Ryan Poles, man, I'll tell you that. I, mm -hmm. Whatever he does, you know. But, you know, I, I – uh, uh, I I was I had I did write down some stuff in my notes about um like what a Justin Fields court uh contract would look like if we have to if we have to uh uh, uh sign him you know to long term right you know because uh, he's like like six million this season but then if they pick up the fifth no. year option it'll go up to over twenty million dollars now they can not pick up the fifth year option and then just negotiate a new contract with him. Uh, right. If they feel like his 2024 season established him as a good quarterback, a franchise type quarterback. Yeah. $25.6 million price tag for his fifth year option. So that means yeah, he's, gonna, you know, he's, he's set to make 7.1 million in next, next season, 2024. Mm -hmm. uh, I think, uh, I'm not sure exactly, but uh, uh, if, uh, if it's a rookie quarterback, mm -hmm. uh, the first three years of the rookie quarterback would be around the same, like twenty six point five million. But that's for three years on a rookie deal. Right. You know, uh, if you had to sign um, a, a contract, Fields to a multi million dollar contract, you know, you're looking at forty to fifty million. Yeah, you know, right. which would which would uh, uh, you know uh, uh, prohibit the Bears from you know signing all the free agents. Uh, that they want, you know, you know, in order to compete uh, in the playoffs and possibly get to the Super Bowl. Mm -hmm. Dan, you could have told us that you need to go shit again. That's he sent me a private message. Uh, <laughs> be... yep, it's like okay. We got no secrets here from our followers. <laughs> you got to take a shit. Go take a shit. Nothing like a, pure like water. A... It's it's like someone turn on the faucet, except it's shit water. <laughs> <laughs> I was there recently, brother. I know how it feels. It's like uh, when I had e, uh, e. e. coli from swimming in the Iowa, Iowa River. Yes, really, that happened Same to you. Yeah. Or like Aldo was in a certain former uh, lady's hotel room. 
Little snakes were coming the out. Snakes, <laughs> snakes, snakes were loose. I flushed, and all of a sudden, the water is all over. The water and the snake are all over the place. <laughs> Not nothing like uh, a West West Virginia Asian buffet, huh, Dan? <laughs> <laughs> uh, can you take the microphone into the toilet with you, Dan? <laughs> that would be great. <laughs> yeah, uh, Patrick Mahomes, the largest uh, uh, quarterback contract in history, is four hundred fifty million. A uh, two hundred eighty-three million dollar contract estimated for Fields. That'd be the second largest in the history. Joe Burrow's was two hundred seventy-five million. Uh, well, Aldo, what do you think? Uh, I mean, yeah, per per year, I mean, what, what would it take for the Bears to to uh, re up with Justin Fields? You know, if 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 they see improved, that's what I was trying to get out of Greg Gabriel right. a little bit today. Right. Uh, if uh, you know, if uh, if they see an, enough improvement. You know, mm -hmm. they want to uh, uh, pick up that fifth-year option. That's 20, 25 mil. If mm -hmm. they want to sign him past that, you know, 40, right. 40 mil? Well, the Jordan Love uh, contract is, I think, the model that the Bears are trying to follow right now. They, I think they signed them to a two-year deal, kind of a prove-it deal. And so let's say in, in 2024 – Fields is the quarterback for the Chicago Bears, and now he's got DJ Moore, Cole Komet. He's got Marvin Harrison or Roma Dunze or Malik Neighbors as the receiver opposite DJ Moore. He's got a good running back. Good running back. We've made some improvements to the offensive line. He should easily throw for thirty-five hundred yards. He should throw for thirty touchdowns and barring injury. <laughs> Right, right, of course. And he should keep his interceptions in the single digits, nine, eight, seven, something like that. If he does that, then I think $35 million is 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 a good. And you, you, you negotiate with him and say, this is, you know, a two-year deal. And then after those two years, if you continue at this pace, you're going to fucking break, break the bank and be the highest paid quarterback in the National Football League. I think uh, Justin would do that. One of the things that Ryan Poe said – today that really struck me is that he talked about his relationship with these players with Jalen jo uh, Johnson and, and there's trust now in the negotiations and I think he would have that same kind of trust with Justin and he talked about transparency how he invited Justin Fields into the into the draft room last year to explain to him why they didn't draft the wide receiver because this is how the board fell and stuff and so if they are totally uh kind of like that no, he didn't. He didn't like it, but at least he had the rationale, right? He had the rationale as to why. It's like, dude, why are you fucking showing me this? <laughs> and, and check it out. Uh, Adam Mason is a guy I gotta check out. I guess he's on uh, on the Nomad Network. He's suggesting that the NFL cap is going to go up forty million, and he was correct about it going up forty million in twenty twenty four. So so that's all good news. The money should be there uh to pay Justin Fields. You just don't want to get stuck into a contract like the Giants did with Daniel Jones, right? You don't want to get, you know, now now they're thinking about maybe drafting a quarterback despite the fact that they owe Daniel Jones about a hundred million dollars, I believe. Uh so yeah, Ravi uh Ravi was was on it was better and considered a bust. Daniel Jones was so, you know, it, it it's it's a tricky situation. But I like what Poles is doing is that he's trying to establish relationships with players to get them to you know understand the economics, understand why they're making these player personnel decisions and so forth. And if he is successful, 
at not letting Jalen Johnson get away and putting him under contract, he should be able to do the same thing with Justin Fields, a fair contract for both parties. What do you think? He doesn't like Justin Fields, does he? <laughs> I, I don't get, think last us. I, I get the feeling he doesn't like Justin yeah. Fields, although is that fair? <laughs> <laughs> I think that's that's fair. <laughs> I think that's very fair. Um holy shit, man. Dan sent me a picture of oh wow, that's like a fucking Don't share that with me. <laughs> <laughs> let's let's just say that that is pretty some pretty ugly shit, you know. <laughs> man. I wonder if, like, uh, uh, Dan right. had, had like, uh, some ish- performance issues, you know, uh, with his girlfriend and, and the uh, diarrhea. <laughs> like, oh, well, we'll have to ask him that when yeah. he gets back. <laughs> Take our minds off of Decision Gate. <laughs> yeah. By the way, uh, I don't know if he's willing to share this, but Dan McGuire's in love. It's a wonderful yeah. thing. Nice. Yeah. yeah so uh, maybe we'll ask him about that when he comes back. Um, I, I told him bring her on the show. We we want we want to meet her. She she already she already gets my approval, and that, that, that's needed. But the fact that she's just willing to listen to Dad talk about the eighty five bears <laughs> over and over and over again, she's a winner. <laughs> you know, uh, there, there's there, there's good arguments on both sides of this issue. You know, whether. Mm-hmm. Setting a, a, at the clock, or, or or trying to sign Justin Fields to a club friendly deal, uh, I think the reading between the lines, the the the, the right question we should be asking. I feel like I feel like Danvers. We have to ask the right questions. You know? <laughs> like how how far away are the Bears from competing in the playoffs? You know, that's really the mm-hmm. question. One year, yeah. two years, you know. I, this yeah, year. yeah. This, this year. coming year, I, you know, I, yes. I they're, they're definitely the arrows pointing up. You know, that's. Uh, Great point, too. So are you willing to take the chance that a rookie mm-hmm. quarterback that can take you to the playoffs when if you get these improvements on the offense, weapons for fields, and improvements on the defense, yep. you should be able in this year three of the Ryan Post uh, rebuild, you should be able to get to the playoffs. Maybe not be a Super Bowl team, but definitely get to the playoffs. And can you answer affirmatively that that would happen if you pick Caleb Williams or devote a first-round draft pick to the quarterback, uh, no, no matter whether it's Caleb or Drake or whoever. Yeah, there, great there, point. Like, like Cliff says, there's there's points in favor of both. Yes, you know, like absolutely. Re- resetting. I mean, the thing is, with like resetting with a rookie. You know, a rookie's got to learn all those. Rookie's got to go through all the rookie mis- mistakes. Mm-hmm. You know, he's got to mm-hmm. go through uh, 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 reading the defense, NFL defenses, because. I guarantee you, whether it's Caleb Mays or Caleb uh, Williams and Drake May or anybody, uh, there's they haven't seen NFL defenses or coverages, disguised coverages. You know, mm-hmm. uh, it, it, there's going to be wrinkles that they're not prepared for. Yeah. And uh, Keith says JF one should have got us there last year, but the thing is, you know, Keith. Answer me this question. How much blame do you put on Luke Getze's offense for the offense's performance in 2023? And, um, you know, I think, I, you know, a lot of us are maybe putting too much blame on Justin Fields for the offense's performance. Now, again, he did some really stupid things, Justin Fields did. 
There's no doubt about it. I, I showed video earlier in the show yeah. about a really stupid play that he did. But uh, you, you got to just believe that the guy is smart enough and athletic enough and a competitor enough that those mistakes are going to start to dwindle and that yeah. there should be more positive plays than negative plays. Yeah, I, I read a, a, a blip uh, recently about Jaden Daniels, who's considered, I guess, uh, one of the top quarterbacks, or number three, maybe even number one. A lot uh, of people the, are saying yes. Uh, the LSU core, I like him a lot too, but I mean, he did have two NFL, you know, wide receivers. He threw to the two, mm-hmm. the two LSU guys would probably be from the, going in the first round. But, Absolutely. Uh, they said uh, 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 the LSU uh, coach, which I think mm-hmm. is, is Brian Kelly, right uh, from Notre Dame, formerly of Notre Dame. Yeah. That was good. Whether it's Brian mm-hmm. or Jim Kelly, whatever Brian Kelly said, they had to alter the uh, team uh, guidelines or rules because uh, for for the hours that they could be at the uh, uh, facility uh, to uh, uh, practice because he was coming in at five a.m. in the morning to watch film and he he wouldn't leave until seven p.m. at night. Wow. That's how hard it was working. So yeah. uh, one thing I read, Brian Kelly had. Uh, 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 said about uh, uh, Jaden Daniels. Gotta like he's that. another, absolutely. He's another quarterback who I think would really benefit from going to a good team where he could sit a year or a team that is close to winning, but can still sit a year. Plus, he's got to develop an NFL body. The guy is a string bean. Um, you know, I've seen some video of him t- taking hits, it's not a pretty sight. And yeah. so he needs to develop that body like Bryce Young needs to develop his too i think that, you know as the season wore on for the panthers i think we started to see a quarterback who was like i don't want to get hit anymore please <laughs> yeah. yeah i agree with sanders both daniels and caleb need to sit a year definitely yeah yeah but they, you're not yeah. you're not going to draft you know uh any one of those quarterbacks and keep fields don't you think that's a mistake i don't know i was going to ask you that question i mean it's certainly possible that the Bears could uh, draft a quarterback and, and say, well, you know what, sit behind Justin Fields for a season and you know, learn mm-hmm. and stuff. And uh, mm-hmm. I mean, this is going to make the Tyson Bajan fans in the chat room unhappy, Dan. It's an un- oh, unhappy, yeah. an unhappy opinion because they're in there. They're calling mm-hmm. for, for uh, Tyson Bajan, you know. Uh, but, uh, you know, it's certainly possible that they could draft a quarterback. You know, I mean, let's say number one overall, uh, they, they trade down one or two. They let Caleb Williams and uh, – and Drake may go uh, and and uh, pick up a bunch of draft picks. Then they pick Marvin Harrison Jr. And at nine, they pick Jaden Daniels, or they trade up to five and pick Jaden Daniels, just like the right. uh, just like the uh, uh, Texans did in, in State of Affairs. They, you know, they traded right back in to the first round mm-hmm. and took Will Anderson. You know, both those guys, offensive and defensive rookies of the year. Yep. But uh, uh, you know, I I think they could. You know, certainly uh, if, if Fields doesn't work out, hedge their bets. Indeed, Dan Aguirre, uh Do you remember is, is a time? Back? Yeah, he's back, right, Dan? I'm here. I'm going to have a prolapsed asshole if I keep this face <laughs> up shedding. I know that feeling. <laughs> so that's, so that's yeah. eight or nine times today, Dan. Oh my Early. god! Yep. What are you I, drinking like I said, right I, now? Uh, a protein shake. Okay. Yeah, yeah the uh, I need some Gatorade, but I didn't have time to stop. But yeah, yeah. I did all that fucking this morning, and then I've all I've done is shut my brains out since all that ended. <laughs> Thankfully, that wasn't during that. Right. 
Aldo and I were wondering that if there were some performance issues. No, she was gone. Thankfully, when all the shitting had begun. <laughs> did did she stick her finger up your ass or something like that? No, no, no. I'm comfortable just... in my own skin, but I'm I'm not a big uh, butt guy for me. Like I, my butt's okay alone. You know, leave it alone. Yeah, I, I just think about that and I ejaculate. <laughs> I think most people know the story. That happened to me once. My first wife, I was always, you know, pressuring her. Come on, let's do it from behind. Let's do it from behind. And so one day we're doing it missionary style, and all of a sudden I feel this finger up my ass. <laughs> and you came immediately. <laughs> immediately. <laughs> I told her, never, never again. Don't do that ever again, and I'll never bring it up. <laughs> Never. <laughs> Off topic um, for just a moment. Yeah. Do you think there's a legitimate shot to get Mrs. Gandia to attend a Bears game? Is that real? Yeah. I absolutely, absolutely. Oh, this girl says prolapse butthole is my biggest fear. It yeah. is for most men. <laughs> absolutely. She, uh, you know, she, it, 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 she and I have gone to. I think maybe three bears games uh so uh, she's she'd be into it absolutely all right so, uh, as soon as the schedule uh, comes out we'll start talking about that she seems like more of a blackhawks fan though you know she definitely is a hockey fan first and foremost uh joe mandel uh and uh uh, uh took our wives joe mandel and myself took our, our wives to the notre dame hockey game and she had a blast there and so, but a Blackhawks game, I'm already looking for tickets for don't a Blackhawks. Pretend Hawks. like you don't know, Mr. Shorty. Come on, Mr. Shorty. <laughs> I'm sure you. Tooch is on video with his like that, I think, on some of his porns. Yeah. I mean, no, come on. Uh, you know, I, I look, I like Tyson Bajan. Let's just say that, like, my. <laughs> good good segue. <laughs> he just said the straight face. Yeah, I like Tyson Bajan. I'm comparing him to a pro <laughs> like that. <Mono>. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if, uh, let's say the Bears draft someone like Jaden Daniels and keep Justin Fields, what happens to Tyson Bajan, man? He, he, he's, he doesn't make the roster. No, he'll make the roster, but the thing is, he will be in danger of being uh, picked up by another team, and he probably will be. Um, They'll cut him and try and re-sign him to the practice squad. Yeah, they'll do that whole thing, you know, but... uh, Or make him the last man on the roster where he could be activated in case of emergency. Emergency quarterback. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. The last is I should get uh, my wife a number 13 jersey. Uh, Tyler Scott? They want you to get a Tyler Scott jersey? (laughs) That's right. Tyler's going to be auctioning. He doesn't wear number 13 anymore, though, I thought he said. Really? I I hadn't heard that. But I wanted to ask Dan this question. Uh, In all of your years, you know, of studying the Chicago Bears and their history, do you remember a time where we had this quarterback conundrum quite the way we do this season, Dan? Hmm. No, I mean, there was like the, at the time, it seemed like a big deal. Like, is it going to be Kramer or Walsh in 95? You know, like, because yeah. Walsh won eight games in 94, but it was nothing on this level. What about Orton and Grossman? Nothing on this level. I mean, nothing um, compared yeah. to this. Or yeah. Brian Greasy, for that matter. People what, always what, forget Greasy in that scenario. What about Tom, Zach, and Flutie? Man, well, but Doug was only there couple of games at the end of 86 and by 87 he's cut 
Right. I'm I'm saying in like in that in that portion of the season where Whoa. Ditka signs him and Well what about Mason, Steve Fuller? Right, Steve Fuller's there too. Him. Yeah. Well, and I Steve Fuller had won a playoff game for you in eighty four. Right, right. But D- Ditka went and brought him to the Bears, right? Right. Yeah, right. they trade he traded a third round pick for him, right? Correct. And but Flutie got the call and that pissed off a lot of players and alien, you know, and then he asked right. Flutie over for dinner and McManus yeah. and motherfucker never invited me to dinner at his house. They, uh, they ordered pizzas and then there was, they had a little tiny personal pizza with number two Doug Flutie on it. <laughs> he wasn't even allowed one of the well, in the this rest, scenario. Rest the, Bears, the rest of the Bears players. In this <laughs> scenario is Caleb Williams, Doug Flutie, mm-hmm. and Justin Fields. You know any of those other Bear quarterbacks, whether it be McMahon, Fuller, or Tom Zach? <laughs> Stop, everybody! There's some, tro- there's some troll in the chat room too. I, I assume he's trolling, right? I guess he's not. It's like Stephen. He's he's so in love with Tyson Bajant. We like Tyson Bajant, man. I don't know. We've have drifted his, from reality. I'm not, sure, I'm not sure he has an NFL arm, man. Yeah, I don't know what he means by that. Is he is he referring to the uh, chat? He said uh, because because uh, we're, we're talking about uh, he's a huge Bajent fan. He says uh, so much ignorance on Bajent. <laughs> is he trolling or is this like he's saying maybe... Bajent getting cut might be the stupidest thing I've heard all year? I still can't get over that. <laughs> well, well, he, Stephen, he's not saying he's going to get cut. But... Uh, I just posed a hypothetical situation where if exactly. the Bears have, have Fields and Caleb Williams, man, Bajan ain't making the fucking team unless he's the emergency quarterback. Yeah, but I, but I think the, the three of us agree, Tooch and Dan and myself, yeah. that we like. I, like, I Tyson love Tyson Bajan. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'd I'm love to keep sure. him on I, the roster and develop him. Yeah, I haven't seen enough to know whether he's good or not. Mm-hmm. Uh, last says Justin Fields is the 32nd ranked fourth quarter quarterback. That is less to do about coaching than it does talent. I, I, I would agree with last, but it is close because things that uh, Getsy did with the play calling, I think everyone, it's amazing that he got this job with the Raiders, but everyone that knows a little bit about play calling knows that the sequencing of his play calls didn't do Justin Fields and the Bears offense any favors. But you are right that Justin Fields has, doesn't have a good record in fourth quarter games. You can blame it on whoever, but when he fumbles, you know, the one game that he wins in the fourth quarter, he fumbles on two drives in the fourth quarter where that could have made it l- much less dramatic. But he yeah. he, he, he hit uh, DJ Moore with a 25, 30 yard pass over the middle. What, what game was that? Who did he play? Minnesota. Minnesota, right. Up there. Right. And so they win it. And so that to me, you know, is basically Justin Fields in a nutshell. He frustrates the fuck out of you, but every once in a while he makes these wild plays. And so I'm betting that he can become better at making these wild plays more consistently if you give him more weapons and a better play call. I'll throw you another scenario, not to, not to veer off of that, but to go back where maybe Bajit wouldn't be here, just mm-hmm. hypothetically. Let's mm-hmm. say they do draft Caleb Williams. And I'm just, again, spitballing here, but Garoppolo's likely to get cut. I saw he's going to be suspended two games. He's from Illinois, as you know. Maybe you sign someone like Jimmy G to be like, okay, just in case this Mm -hmm. kid implodes or just in case he gets hurt, you got a guy that's led a team to a Super Bowl. 
I mean, would you rather have Jimmy G or Tyson Bajan as your back? I'm, I'm just well, saying. That, that's Mike North's uh, contention. He's saying sign Russell Wilson or yeah. Kirk Cousins to a one-year deal. Oh, let let them be the quarterback for 2024 and then bring in Caleb or whoever your rookie quarterback is that you've drafted this season. Imagine I, how know, wet those Bears girls would be if Jimmy G were here. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Heidi. Heidi loves Jimmy G and Cole Komet, as we know. Ay, Dios mio. <laughs> and Santos. <laughs> and Santos, that's right. Oh, my gosh. Absolutely. We don't well, give I, a fuck. Yes. That's not I, true, though. I think he does give a fuck. I, I don't like the idea of bringing in one of these veteran quarterbacks. I just – I don't know why. Uh, but it's not fair to Caleb to, to just thrust him in there before he's really ready. So maybe that is the best plan. Russell Wilson can be had for uh, a couple of million dollars because Denver is picking up the 30-some million dollars on his contract. So maybe Russell Wilson, maybe Jimmy Garoppolo, maybe uh, – who's the other the third guy that's out there? Oh, Kirk Cousins. Right. I, I mean, know. Russell Wilson worked with Shane Waldron in Seattle, so it makes yeah. sense. Yeah, that's Russell right. seems like a big me guy, though. Yes. Not a team guy. He really seems like he thinks he and Sierra are like JFK and Jackie Onassis, and he's a fucking diva. And I'd rather be dead than Andy Dalton come back. Let but, me just say that. <laughs> this is another question. I know I know. Uh, I was listening to part of, part of the show. I was trying to get, you know, uh, stuff done around here before I came on, but uh, it, it, whether or not you throw a rookie in there, or if I forget which which clip it was, uh, throw or let him sit, you know, two mm -hmm. different situations. Mm -hmm. You know, do you throw, you know, do you throw the rookie in there, you know, or uh, let him sit behind us? That's, that's, you know, the, the Packers let, you know, Rodgers sit, they let Love sit, you know, uh, Patrick Mahomes even sat for a year. It's, you know, it seems to be. Uh, a, a precursor to success. What do you think? We've tried real quick. We tried that before with fields. We had Andy Dalton and with mm -hmm. Mike Glennon with Mitch mm -hmm. and the veterans just blew ass. So we had to play the rookies, <laughs> <laughs> right? The other teams had good quarterbacks though. That's the, you know, Alex Smith was uh, ahead of Patrick Mahomes and, uh, uh, you know, Rogers and Favre were ahead of the uh, uh, love and, and Rogers respectively. I personally think that, you know, the approach of bringing in a veteran and having your rookie sit, basically, we've done that with Justin Fields, except that he didn't sit. He's been playing and getting the experience. And now when it appears like he's on the cusp of playing at a high level, we're, we're getting rid of him. And maybe I'm, I'm, I have too much confidence in how he's played and whether he's going to improve on his 2023 season maybe i do but that's how i feel right now well, Don't my scenario my scenario wasn't to start the veteran like i said okay. you could bring in garoppolo who's going to be suspended two games anyway i think for performance enhancing shit but maybe you start caleb and in the event he gets injured or in the event he really struggles because he's a rookie you got jimmy g back there as a hypothetical guys led a team to a super bowl who's likely going to be cut and he's from Illinois, so maybe it's a it's a, a fit there, you know, because his like if you bring Russell in, Russell's gonna want to start. Mm -hmm. At this point, Garoppolo's probably gonna be happy to be on a fucking team. And probably more content being a backup than Russell is. Yeah. 
There's, I don't there's know. Some, there's some great comments in the chat room, aside from the the Bajant guy. <laughs> but there's, there's there's some good comments in here, man. It's like, uh, uh, look here. Waldron's an upgrade over Getz. I know we had some people in there say, "How did how's it uh, uh, Getz's fault that Justin couldn't see the open guys?" Dude, we've we posted uh, uh, plays on here, tape of of every single Bears receiver in a five yard radius. Mm-hmm. You know. Completely covered with the rest of the field, no Bears receivers for Fields to throw to. Mm-hmm. So that's how that's how Getzy sabotaged his quarterbacks. Yeah, and yeah. there were times, you know, there were times, of course, that the Fields missed open uh, receivers. But yeah. watch uh, uh, draft on tap. Danny Shimon is going to break down some tape of Caleb Williams. He, he sent me some clips, yeah. and it's like wide open guy down the middle of the field, and Caleb Williams, it's just, instead of taking a 20-yard completion down the middle of the field, he's throwing it 40 yards downfield because he's got this big play mentality all the time. He wants to make this big play. He's got, got to run around like in the schoolyard quarterback, and he's yeah. not you know, playing on time and stuff. So you know, those quarterbacks who are so quick to – get outside the pocket, they are going to miss open guys because they're not going through their yep. progressions and they're not anticipating and so forth. And I think that at this point, Justin is ready to hopefully improve with uh, listening to a different voice and a different scheme from, from Shane Waldron. But again, it's just all speculation. You know, uh, the uh, we, we don't think like Justin Fields is perfect. I know that's what Everyone is in here like we know that he, yep. he has to get better. There wouldn't be any decision gate if he was playing like fucking Mahomes. You know, mm-hmm. there wouldn't be a decision gate. Right. right. I mean, right. if uh, uh, if Fields, uh, you know, this is, this is the whole thing. But if we keep Fields, uh, look, look, let's put into context the first couple of years. He had Matt Nagy, a lame duck coach. The next year it was a tank year. And the tank mm-hmm. year we needed because look at all the picks we're getting, you know. We could right. have uh we, we had a haul last year, which which gave us the haul for this year. You know, we mm-hmm. had to tank one season. You know, mm-hmm. we had to. It was that that roster was garbage. Exactly. You know, you that can't small part of the plan. And small part you know, of the plan, you know, break and it I, down. I, I don't think he, uh fields should be the scapegoat. Uh, yeah, on definitely this. no. No. Yeah. And then I mean, unless you're absolutely fucking sure. If Caleb Williams is probably doing his interview with the Bears tomorrow, if he comes in in that interview and says, guys, I really want to play for you, and I'm going to show you what I can do with my leadership, I'm going to talk to players, I'm going to do this, and all of a sudden, they're just wild by that, then fuck it. Yeah, bring Caleb Williams in. Yeah. I, you know, I'll buy a fucking jersey. But is he going to do that? I don't know. I'm sorry to interrupt. I, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it's a great, it's a great uh, question. Because uh, he, he could come in and, and uh, you know, just come in and blow the Bears away, mm-hmm. you know. And and then, you know, you have Drake May, too, who uh, if Poles takes him, it's just, oh, he, he drafted Trubisky again, you know. <laughs> exactly. oh. I'll, tell you, right? I'll tell you one thing. I saw this video. I, I meant to include a clip. I forgot to pull it. Um, he's on this Josh Norris uh, podcast on YouTube, and he's there with Brian no, uh, Colt McCoy. Uh, so it's Norris, Drake May, and Colt McCoy, and they're looking at some plays and diagramming the all 22 and so forth. And when Drake May was talking about the play and what his job was and reading the defense and so forth, he sounded like he was a fucking coaching professor. He was so good. 
the total opposite of Mitch Trubisky when he was on with John Gruden, and John Gruden is, is saying yeah. a hard count. Hard uh, count. You do that? a hard count. Yeah, what's a fucking hard count? Said Trubisky. <laughs> total difference. So. You know, I don't think Drake May is Mitch Trubisky. I think he's much better uh, prepared for an NFL career than Mitch was. Right. That's but I mean, it, it's it's he drafted number two overall. He wore ten and he went to North Carolina. You know, it's yeah. like I hear you. I know what you're saying. You get much closer to home, although. Mm-hmm. You know? <laughs> Vizzo Joe says, "Did Tooch say Caleb is going to blow the Bears?" <laughs> <laughs> I might have. I say some crazy things on here, Vizzo Joe. <laughs> Yeah. Anything else that was discussed today by the the uh, coaches or excuse me, the head coach and the general manager that you want to comment on? We talked a little bit about Jalen Johnson. It looks like he's a done deal. Uh, Matt Eberflus was asked about the uh, the safety position. I do have that clip here. Yeah. Let's take take a listen to Eberflus talking about what he wants to see out of uh, the replacement for Eddie Jackson. Yeah, you're looking for a guy that pairs well with him. You know, Jaquan is a guy that's a strong safety. He comes down, man's tight ends. Uh, he's a big hammer. Um, the guy that we'll be looking for has got to have athletic ability. He's got to have range. He's got to have great communication skills. Um, and he's got to have ball skills. You know, we want all of our guys to have the ability to take the ball away. Um, and he has to have that too. And then then eventually grow into a leader. You know, if it's a, if it's a free agent, he's going to have to feel the temperature of the room and then and, and dive into the leadership role. And if it's a rookie, he's going to have to develop that with the other guys. To me, he's... He, he needs some beard color, although. <laughs> <laughs> What's the name of the product you're using? I don't know. My, my wife bought it. <laughs> like, we're doing your beard color Sunday morning. I might don't shower do yet. You got to give you a beard color. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> But it sounds to me like he's describing a veteran. I mean, he, he did mention, you know, if it's a rookie, he's going to have to grow into the role and so forth. But I, I got a feeling they might look at, at, at veteran safeties. They, they're they usually fairly inexpensive. Uh, and I, yeah, I had free agents out there this year. Yeah, I had the list. But I, I again, I wouldn't mind a Tyler Newbin, the kid out of Minnesota. Uh, I saw him play two or three games. I was super impressed with his ball hawking skills. Uh, uh, Cam Kitchens uh, from yeah. one of the Florida schools. That, talk, about, talk about playing center field. That guy probably covers the, the ground. Probably the top. Him and Newbin, the two top yeah, two. Without yeah. a doubt. So I wouldn't mind seeing that. But again, then again, you know, you got pass rusher needs. You got the, you know. Oh, by the way, did you guys hear that Mel Kuyper recommended the Bears should draft uh, Brock Bowers, the tight end out of Georgia with the number nine position. He said, whoever the quarterback is, they will be thanking the Bears forever because this guy is such a weapon. They can play him at any position in the backfield, in the slot, out wide, in line, and, and you can do so many creative things. Mel Kuyper was the bear. If, if, if uh, Bowers is there at nine, Bowers is the tight end out of, out of Georgia, yeah, yep. and you got to take him. Boy, it impressed me when he said it. You know, Mel, I love Mel Kiper. You guys are fans of Mel Kiper? He's all I right. still yeah. remember 94, man, when he was yelling at the Colts for not drafting uh, Trent Dilfer because they had Harbaugh. Yes. And the, the Colts, was, he was like, who the hell is Mel Kiper anyway? You know? Yeah. That was uh, Vince Tobin's brother, Bill Tobin. He was yeah. the. Uh, GM, I, I want to say, for the Colts. And yep. yeah, that was a great TV moment. <laughs> and Harbaugh led them to the AFC Championship the very next year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One play away from the Super Bowl. Yeah, Bowers uh, is like a 
you know, like H back six six one. I think he's maybe six two. Well, and the website says he's six five. And when they that photograph that I, I posted with him and Gronkowski, he looks like he could be Gronkowski's son. <laughs> like, didn't we say that about Adam Shaheen? He was baby Gronk. Yes, exactly. Well, well we didn't guy, say that, but <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, but this guy played at Georgia, high level competition. Uh, but I, 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 I am uh, concerned about drafting a tight end. That you know what happened with this Kyle Pitts guy from Atlanta Falcons? They took him at like four or five. And the guy hasn't done shit at, in Atlanta, so tight ends take a while to develop. Bowers is unguardable. You know, it's like Travis high- Kelsey. Yeah, he is like Travis Kelsey. He, he also kind of reminds me that uh, he could have the type of impact of a Christian McCaffrey. Now, I know they play two separate positions, uh, but in terms of how they're used, you know, moving them all over the place and creating mismatches uh, and stuff, Bowers is intriguing. Like McCaffrey to me is in- intriguing. But yeah. I again, mean, uh, tight end. I, I, yeah, in the Super Bowl, if you, you know. I watched Travis Kelsey at Super Bowl, man. When he lined up on the line, man, he put a move on somebody, man. It was like shaked him right out of his jack strap, and he was mm-hmm. gone. You know, that was like the big play of the game, man. The move he put on the the shake and bake he put on the line against uh, whoever was covering him in the Super Bowl, man. Yeah. And it would be, you know, it would be uh, something if the Chiefs got Brock Bowers. They just continued on. You know, Kelsey retires, and the uh, Chiefs keep going with with uh, uh Bowers but it makes a lot of sense I mean look look what look what Kelsey does for Mahomes mm-hmm. you know w- without Kelsey like you know the Chiefs don't play as well absolutely especially with the their lack of wide receivers uh on that team no yeah. doubt about it yeah I expect the, the Chiefs to, to to probably trade up for Bowers and he'll be the the greatest tight end in the history of the game and we, we really uh, need to find out what the Bears are gonna do in free agency before we you know really you know, have a have at least a, some kind of picture of what they're going to do in the draft. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that'll be all coming up pretty soon. So it's all, you know, talking about speculation. This is really big speculation, but it was an exciting day at the Combine listening to polls. And you turn on all the national sports show. That's their lead story. What's going to happen with Justin Fields? What's Ryan Pose going to do? Ryan Pose is in control of the NFL draft. I love it. I totally, totally love it. I love all the attention. Let's in these last uh, 20 minutes or so. Guys, have you seen anything on the tube, uh, streaming, at the theater that you want to share with us? I'll start with oh, you, Dan. I haven't heard from you. Yeah, Dan's uh, really quiet tonight. Oh well, I've been shitting. <laughs> <laughs> I, I showed I showed my girlfriend uh, Poor Things today. Poor Things debuted on streaming today. Oh. If you are, I again, I give it four stars. She yeah. really dug it too. We watch it. I was on Amazon. Amazon I bought okay. on, on Amazon. It comes on Blu-ray in like two weeks or two or three weeks, but it, it hit streaming today. Mm-hmm. So uh, I showed that to her uh, before all the fucking had commenced. <laughs> and, uh, you know, Aldo, you're always like, you know, critical of Curb Your Enthusiasm and always defend it. The one from this Sunday I watched was like the worst episode of all time. I just did not Thank laugh at you. all. Thank you. I did not laugh either, but I was afraid to bring it up because I almost feel bad that I don't like the show as much as you guys. Do you watch it, Tooch? I don't remember. I always forget that it's on. I've seen it a few times. I think it's really funny. I love Larry David and and uh, his castmates are all, they're all so funny, man. Yeah. But it, 
it's one of those shows that make me so damn nervous, you know, because it's very uncomfortable, like The Office, you know, yeah. shows like Seinfeld and The Office. It makes me so uncomfortable. Like, oh, why are they doing that? No. You yes, know? right. But, you know, so something bad is going to happen to Larry because he's acting like an asshole. And so yeah. you are sort of on edge. <laughs> but yeah, uh, Dan, who was the special guest star for last Sunday's show? Because I thought it was uh, the the guy Chris, uh, the the MSNBC guy. Oh, uh, Willie Geist. Willie Geist. Yeah. yeah, I just did not find that was the worst episode I think I've ever seen. I and it was coming off you. last week's episode was great, which you loved. Yes. Yeah, I didn't laugh hardly at all on this one. I was like, man, I feel like Aldo watching this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I am now watching them religiously. I've even gone back to watch some episodes. Uh, I, I certainly don't like it as much as you, but I, were, were you guys Seinfeld fans? Oh, yeah. eh, Seinfeld, I, I thought was okay. I, yeah, I, yeah. I love Curb. I didn't love Seinfeld. Seinfeld was okay. Mm. I, saw all the Seinfeld, I saw all the Seinfeld ones, yeah. Yeah, I, I've you know some were great, you know the masters of your domain. Some of the mm -hmm. episodes are great, but yeah, you know it's okay. Uh, House of Ninjas, I have not seen that. Tooch, that sounds like something you'd be interested in. I haven't. I saw it today. I was like, what the heck is this? You know, I don't know. Mm -hmm. I didn't know what it was, but uh, I haven't seen it uh, yet. I saw it today, and I thought I read a little synopsis about it, but mm -hmm. I saw Oppenheimer over. Oh, uh, finally! Over oh. Yep. Really enjoyed it. It was. Excellent. It's impeccable. Yeah. Is it not impeccable? Yeah, it's great. It's great. It's a uh, uh, Christopher Nolan is probably top one or two directors in the world right now. Yeah. Oh, could I mention one more show real quick? Sure. Uh, my my lady at work. I, she says I'm her work husband. Uh, we've worked together a decade <laughs> now. Uh, my friend Robin. She has me watching a show on FX that, uh, in theory, I should like because it has such a great cast. But mm -hmm. I just hate the fucking actor. It's called Capote versus something. Oh, Capote yeah. versus the Swan or something. Like you got Diane, like you got Demi Moore. You got, I mean, you got a fucking cat. Naomi uh, Watts. I, the guy that plays this Capote guy makes me want to throw my head through a fucking uh, window. He, yeah, he's I, awful. It's like he's got two uh, famous families bickering with one another because he's sharing secrets or something. Every like that. episode is exactly the same thing. I'm drinking too much. She talks way over the top like this, and he wants the women to take him back. It's every episode. I've seen like five episodes, and I can't distinguish one from the other. It's, <laughs> it's terrible. Terrible. It's got it's got quite the cast. Naomi Watts, Diane yeah. Lane, Calista Flockhart, Demi Moore, Molly Ringwald. Uh, exactly. It's got a great cast. I was like, this is going to be fucking great. Yeah. And I just, the main guy that plays Capote or whatever makes me want to, makes me want to slash my wrist. Yeah. He's, he's been the subject of a number of movies. Who was he's just, the actor uh, who plays him in this one, Danny? Tom, Tom Hollander, I believe his name is. Yeah. Tom Hollander plays Truman Capote. I don't know who Truman Capote is in real life. Maybe really? his, act, maybe his acting is like on par, like it's perfect. If that's mm -hmm. the case, then I hate Truman Capote. <laughs> well, yeah, Truman Capote was a flaming uh, gay guy who became famous for uh, his stories, including he wrote the book In Cold Blood about yeah. the two murderers and uh, who... 
wiped out a family in rural Kansas, and it became a John Frankenheimer film with Robert Blake and I forgot his co-star, but a, a very, very. Uh, you think Robert Blake was guilty of <laughs> shooting Murder. his wife? Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Just checking. Just checking. He's still in prison, isn't he? Or is he out? Robert Blake, was he released from prison? He's dead. Did he pass away? In prison or out? I think he was out of prison. And I I believe that uh, Mike North did a, uh, yeah, Mike North and I actually did a a show about him, uh, about his life. He just died about, yeah, less than two years ago. I'm looking for some video of Truman Capote because I'm surprised, Dan, that you've never heard of. I don't Truman know anything Capote. about him, but you should watch the trailer for the show. I just, it's, it's awful. I, oh, I've, I've seen the trailer for the show. I thought it looked intriguing. I give it saying. two big fucking balls down. <laughs> Unfortunately, I have a big ball bag. So uh, I, I finally saw that X <laughs> movie X that you guys told me. Yeah, that's good, right? That good. Yeah, it was a great throwback. It's like classic horror slasher film you know mm-hmm. yeah it was really the, well done that lady in x was also in that uh uh cronenberg's son's film that i liked called infinity pool oh yeah yeah she was in that too right is that mia goth yes that's exactly who it is yeah yeah if you uh, have you all watched infinity pool yet yeah yes i really really liked it excellent excellent um great acting intriguing plot it, it's it's a typical cronenberg film even though the, this one was done by his son right it does oh, feel no. like it could have been his his dad doesn't it it felt right it really felt like it could be his dad yeah let me see if i can cue up this uh capote thing because when you see him in real life you're going to probably understand oh i get it that that actor is doing a spot on capote impression See here. Here it is. Oh, the other night on television. Uh, and I'd seen it before. And I forgot what a powerful, uh, powerful film that was. And Cold Blood was on based on your book. Gee, that was a powerful picture. I hadn't seen it for about four years. And that really was a uh, yeah, those remarkable those two boys in that film were really remarkable. <laughs> God, he sounds like Brando on The Godfather. Or something. <laughs> Except somebody squeezing his balls. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, that actor is doing a good impression then. But yeah, so I don't like this guy or the way he talks. Not because he's gay. I mean, it has nothing to do with that. It's like, because everything he says, like he accentuates to, like he would be like, we're fans of the Chicago Bears. You know, like everything has like this added emphasis, like extra syllables or something. Yeah. Uh, Capote was as gay as a Beyonce concert, says the scrolls. I didn't say that. I I didn't say that. Transplant. (laughs) Vocal cord transplant if I was Uh, that guy. Anything else out there that you've seen or uh, that you want to recommend or not recommend? I think that's all I got for you on this week. I've been busy. What do you got, Tooch? I saw a movie called The Beekeeper. I didn't even never heard of it before, but it was uh, uh, it's like the Born Identity, you know, the, mm-hmm. the Born Identity movies. No. But it's it's Dan's favorite guy, Jason Statham, or whatever. His no, name is. no. <laughs> and he's like a beekeeper, and uh, he's 
rents this space on this woman's farm and the woman's an old lady and she gets like fished, catfished or whatever. And uh, the people drain all of her. It's one of those things, your computer's infected with a virus and she gives them our password and they drain everything, you know, and uh, she commits suicide because she was so distraught and he goes after the, you know, these horrible people that are, that are preying on old folks, you know, and stealing all their money that they worked for their whole life. You know, and he's like, apparently he was, he was like a guy in a, a special, like, Treadstone program, you know, like uh, the Jason Bourne. And he's like, he just goes around beating to everybody's ass. So it's like, for it's, it's a popcorn movie, you know, martial yeah. arts, you know. I, you know, uh, one movie that I want to see is not the new Godzilla movie that's coming out, but Aaron Mikowski uh, recommended a, uh, a Japanese film on Godzilla mm. that was out in November, and he mm. says it's one. It's probably the best Godzilla movie ever done. And there's two versions mm. of it. One of, is in color, and the other one's in black and white. And I've mm. been trying to desperately find it at a theater or uh, on streaming, and, and it's not available anywhere right now, but should be available streaming or on disc very soon. He's, he what's, says uh, it's what's really, it called? It's uh, Godzilla versus, versus something. Let me see if I can find it real quick. But uh, one of the things that makes it so good is that Godzilla minus one. And um, one of the things that makes it so intriguing, according to a, a report that I read, was that it really focuses on the characters who are being affected by Godzilla's uh, 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 tirade uh, and, and less on the monster. And so it's the personal stories. And, and Aaron, who uh, I, I love his taste in uh, these you know, European or outside international uh, monster movies and 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 uh, uh, occult type films. He's got great taste in them. So I'm desperately, I desperately want to see Godzilla minus one. J2K uh, saw it and gives it a thumbs up. Mm. Excellent. You're not All right, not you're, uh, Dan Aguirre is not into that, right? Godzilla. <laughs> Aaron Mikulski and I always joked on. I have a stream that. You know what? You and I have the opposite opinion on everything except the Bears. And uh, maybe not everything, but with TV shows. And he's into like kung fu and shit like that. And, uh, you know, Game of Thrones. And I'm just into weird shit that he's not into. So, yeah, Godzilla isn't isn't my thing. Like, I, I, I've i never watched a Godzilla movie that I enjoyed. Never. You, I, or King you, Kong. Dan, have you watched all the John Waters movies? Because I know you watched Pink Flamingos recently. Uh, I saw the yeah, I've seen several. That multiple maniacs recently is the one where the the divine gets fucked in the ass with a rosary in a church, and then they when they're walking out, they refer to it as a rose job. A rose job. <laughs> God, it's so I could see like my my dad's side of the family is Catholic. I mean, it, this I could. <laughs> I could have uh, had sex with a fucking dog and would have been less <laughs> offensive than watching that film to my family. Uh, but yeah, I've seen a couple of the Waters films. They're, they're wild, man. They're just all, they're crazy all, all over the place. Unbelievable. <laughs> Being asked for a weather report, I don't have one. I should have done one with, you know, it's like some sexy weather girl being drenched on by a tornado in, in Chicago. There's no, uh, least, no, no weather girl tonight? No, well, let me let's see if I can maybe quickly load in a pass weather report for your enjoyment. There, there okay, you go. Right. What do you guys think of uh, yeah. this? Young Good shoulders. 
You know, it's funny because the temperatures in Chicago actually got up into the 70s this oh, week. Man. Sure, you guys don't give a shit about that. You want to? Uh, yeah, we had like five straight 60, 70 weather out here. We have some like scared. bizarre day scheduled tomorrow where it's going to be like 62 at like noon. And uh-huh. then by three, it's going to drop to like 45. Yeah, that's what we and have today. 45 mile per hour wind and yeah. just like, fuck, yep. man, can we please get spring? I'm ready to yeah, mow the lawn. 70 today at noon and then about five when I was walking to my car after work. Well, that's it what we're like getting. It's coming from you. Yeah, yep. Yep. exactly. Coming your way. Yep. I have something for Danny, though. Saw this on X. I clipped it for you, Danny, your girlfriend. Ooh. Look at her. Danny's. What is her name again? Sylvia Sweeney? Sydney Sweeney. That's Dan's. Oh, that's uh, from uh, Euphoria. Yeah, it's Dan's girlfriend. Holy shit. She was so, like, her titties were so good on season two. Oh, my God. (laughs) Season three is supposed to be next year. I don't know. (laughs) These kids can't possibly still be in high school. That has to be, like, the college years before you. Yeah. Or, Or maybe they were held behind for too much fucking. There's a. <laughs> I'm lucky that didn't happen to me. And ironically, that's who I'm with now. The same person I was, you know, savagely that... penetrating in those early high school days. Are you inviting her onto the show? Oh uh, yeah. yeah, I I threw a tour like oh that's a bad pun. I I, <laughs> I mentioned the show thing to her. Uh, yeah, that could happen uh, sometime. I mean, probably not for a, a, a bit, but yeah, later in the summer. All right. Well, in the meantime, we got another weather report. Like her grandma died today, you know. So that's oh, a- I'm yeah. sorry. Yeah, but at least we did all the filthy stuff first. <laughs> was was her grandma in a cage too? Like uh. No. <laughs> no, they uh she was in some type of like hospice kind of thing, you know. Her her health she'd had a stroke, you know, and then then you just go downhill from there. But yeah, that weather girl there, look at that. Oh my god. Yeah. Very I see nice. nothing wrong with this weather report. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Keith got an eggplant. <laughs> we could just Keep this on the screen for the rest of the show. What do you guys think? If this yeah. lady was wearing a Packers jersey, she would still be sexy. <laughs> <laughs> and I won't say that about mostly any woman. Like, remember when Rogers was with that girl from the newsroom? Yeah. Uh, what was uh, what was her name? She was in that uh, Jeff Daniels show, The Newsroom. Um, and uh, I was like, ah, oh, fuck her. She's not as attractive as I used to think. <laughs> Olivia Munn. <laughs> Olivia Munn. Yeah, Gosh. I was. Yeah, she's good looking. She's even better looking without Rogers. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know where that came from. That was awesome. <laughs> I, I would, would be willing, willing to suck Aaron Rodgers' dick. <laughs> oh no, <laughs> that should be in the podcast uh, drops Hall, Hall of Fame. Hall of Fame. Right? Yep, absolutely. absolutely. And we still didn't get that Super Bowl. I make a I fool don't mean of myself. Disrespect to actual <laughs> cocksuckers, but Rogers is a fucking cocksucker. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, you know, <laughs> that's that all true. Too, though. Yeah, I'm sorry. You were saying that. I, no, I was just saying I, I humiliate myself for this for the Bears, and and we still didn't get that Super Bowl. I know. It's so- I haven't even won a playoff game since Jay Cutler was here. Yeah, yep. indeed. 
Well, guys, it sounds to me like uh, we're running out of gas here. Any final thoughts? Uh, I know I'm. I'm not running out of gas. I've shit nine times. I think so. <laughs> you better get some Gatorade in your some Pedialyte or whatever the fuck. Yeah, you. yeah, I definitely need some electrolytes. I think. Yeah, drink a lot of water, dude. I just uh, this the whole decision gate thing. I've never seen anything like it. Although it's, it's <laughs> crazy. It's fucking crazy. crazy. Man, uh, but I, but I, I'm sort of enjoying it. What, what I don't like is, you know, Bears fans, you know, black, you know, you've heard of black on black crime. This is like Bears fans on Bears fans. Yeah, crime. exactly. <laughs> bear fan on bear fan crime. But I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm enjoying it, too, even though it's giving me acne. But I, uh, <laughs> I uh, still I know, right? My, my wife put makeup on. See, you, your wife put the. Uh, yeah. Uh, took care of your beard, and my wife put yeah. some makeup on to yeah. hide my my. Zip. Is it giving you like acne on your ass? <laughs> <laughs> Probably. <laughs> I don't know, man, but I'll tell you what. I've had oh. some hemorrhoids the last few days. Jeez, I'm not Christ. sure. Is this JJK giving you sex advice, or is it for your? Uh, hey, I'll take the sex advice oh. too. <laughs> no, you eat a banana. That's you need that potassium in yeah. you. So banana. Oh, you want me to bear my soul about sex real quick? Yes, please. Oh, okay. I'll bear my soul as I'm getting older. As I'm getting older, like because I never really had this problem before. You're like, I'm 43 now, so uh, the thing I have to confess is I don't have out and out ED like today. I I threw some really good fucking. I mean, I did a good job, but like tomorrow it might not be this. You know what I mean? Like I'm having like, like I'm not. I feel like I'm not a starter anymore. Now I'm like the sixth man. I have good games and bad games, and then I mean, again, I'm. 43 but i think that's starting to take hold like you you lose your erection a little bit you, know, you get it back i get it back but i'm i feel like it start older age is starting to to plague me a little bit i'm oh, starting to slow you, down you, you get to be older in my age no shit well i mean I, I guess i can try to get you know if it goes worse i could still try to get prescriptions and this that and the other but again it's it's a thing you you pride yourself on i i my dick is my dick is doing well, you know. <laughs> it's not. It's not as, as as good as it used to be. Well, I I, I think a lot of people in the uh, not broken. No, no, no. I did well today. Did really well today. <laughs> not broken. It's not as proficient. I feel like I was like a like a you know. Not a triple double guy, but by God, I was scoring twenty, and 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 my dick was taking home seven boards and five assists. <laughs> but, you, think, uh, you think this would help? <laughs> I might. I I just feel like no. uh, that. Yeah, it's it's like I'm 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 the sixth man now, but I could be the sixth man of the year. Just I not the starter. When Steve Sachs couldn't throw from second to first base when he was on the White Sox, although that's what Dan. <laughs> I'm Mark yeah, no. Aguirre when uh, my namesake, when Detroit said, you know what? We're going to start Rodman. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> and Mark Aguirre went to the bench. That's me. Uh, here, here's the here's the best uh, chat message of the night. Dan performs like Justin Fields in the fourth quarter. Oh, man. <laughs> I wouldn't say that. <laughs> See, even Dan is saying he's not that bad. <laughs> <laughs> it just depends on the day. I mean, come on, does no one else has no one else been uh, faced oh, yeah. this adversity? No. What What happens to me now is, uh, you know, 
I need a good couple of days before I can perform at top level. And I'm exaggerating. I, I need a good couple of weeks before I can perform the way I used to. You know, it, it doesn't come as easily as it does, as it did. But yeah, I okay. feel like my thing is I lose. Uh, sometimes I'm losing some of the air in the tire. You know, I, I can I, get it back, but yeah. the, the 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 tire is not as inflated as it should be. Yeah, well, you know, I, and for me, I can get it inflated quickly. All you got to do is stick a finger on my ass. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure that'll work. <laughs> ah. I'm not homophobic, oh. but I'd rather just leave my ass out of this. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. I just have that as a backup plan. <laughs> there you go. All right, I need to get out of here. Uh, Tooch, uh, you're back here on Friday, Weekend yeah. Sports Tips. Uh, yep. you had a good week last week, right? Yeah, not too bad. I mean, uh, it's college basketball is tough today. There's some upsets, and I uh, got it okay tonight. Had uh, had some nice plays for tonight, and some not so nice. You know, Arkansas getting upset at home by Vanderbilt. What the hell? Uh, huh. Yeah, had the Houston uh, uh, Cincinnati under. Mm-hmm. Kansas lost outright at home to BYU. Wow. Yeah, so. That. And I, I'm sure Dan really cares about those scores <laughs> to him. That's yeah. gibberish. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm not. I mean, I know people like different things. I, I'm just not a college no. guy. No, I love yeah. college basketball. That's a way, good way to make money. I'll tell you that. Um, I'm not a gambler, man. I'm not Pete Dan, Rose. Come on. Dan, any final words? <laughs> uh, I, I like Justin Fields would want this to be over one way or the other. Unlike yourself, I, I am – I'm not breaking out, but man, it is a little stressful. I don't even want to. I almost want to unfollow the Bears too until next week or whatever. Mm-hmm. No, I, I, I do. I just, I wish I knew like where it was going. Fuck, I know we, we. I don't want this to be dragged out till May. No, exactly, and I, and I highly doubt that it will be. I, I think that probably within two or three weeks we'll we'll know uh, if Justin Fields is going to be traded or not. I don't think they want to wait and keep yeah, him. I, yeah, how soon do you think? I mean, <laughs> May tenth was when they made the trade of the number one pick last year, so right. I, I I would imagine that you know a week or two after the combine we'll, we'll get some news. Yeah, I mean this and, year you have to assume it's going to be earlier since you know if they're going to trade Justin Fields, right? You know, uh, Russell Wilson, Kirk Cousins, Jimmy Garoppolo, if they all have homes, mm-hmm. you know, uh, exactly. Justin Fields might not be uh, as large as as uh, previous. Yeah, I would not at all be surprised uh, based on what yeah. I heard today if Shane Waldron is pounding the table for Russell Wilson to be that one-year uh, stopgap. Uh, yep. uh-huh. That was a rookie behind him. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. All right, uh, next time we're talking football here is tomorrow at 2 p.m. because on the Far Down Talking Hockey Show, Vinnie Parisi and Frank Mueller love to talk about the Chicago Bears, and so they'll devote – about a third of their show to football. So catch, catch them at 2 p.m. And then at uh, 6 p.m., it'll be the Mac and Reed show. They'll go over all of the stuff. They've got great opinions on everything that's happening. And then Danny Shimon and I are back on Thursday night. Dan Aguirre, Johnny Santucci, I love you guys. And everyone in the chat, love you guys too. Thanks for hanging around with us. We'll see you next week.